started a fire near Milton Keynes Market just after three in the morning as a diversion while they carried out the break-in. Two months ago, three shops in Watford's Harlequin Centre were robbed by a gang of men who'd set light to cars in a nearby street as a diversionary tactic. Detectives in Hertfordshire say that because of the similarity, they're liaising with Thames Valley Police, who've appealed for anyone with information to come forward. A 16-year-old boy has been charged with robbing a bookmaker's in Kempston. The teenager is accused of robbing corals on Bedford Road on Wednesday. He's been remanded in custody to appear at Luton Youth Court next week. Hopes of an Ebola vaccine have been dashed after the British company GlaxoSmithKline said a drug it was working on wouldn't be ready in time. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon says too many countries aren't doing enough to fight Ebola. The friends and family of a boy from Marlow have raised money to put a life ring at the spot where he drowned on the first day of the summer holidays. An inquest has heard how 13-year-old Kyrie Francis was trying to swim to an island in the River Thames with a group of friends. Stuart Tinworth was at Beaconsfield Coroner's Court. Kyrie's mother told the coroner how an extensive fundraising campaign launched by friends at the school had raised over £10,000 already and explained how all of that money would be used for signs and safety equipment alongside the river. The coroner, in recording a verdict of misadventure, uh, described this as an extremely sad incident, but uh, noted that some good had come out of such a tragic accident with that money raised. In sport, Watford captain Troy Deeney could return after injury for tomorrow's trip to Sheffield Wednesday. New manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells, but clouding over this afternoon with some rain this evening. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Here we come. Walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody down. We go where we want to, do what we like to do. We don't have time to get restless. There's always something new Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down We're just trying to be friendly Come and watch us sing and play We're the young generation And we've got something to say Look over your shoulder Guess who'll be standing there Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down Me three Mondays dot com Fred dot Me three Mondays dot com You can do it right now, please Say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody down. 
even started the show yet. Cock and hoe, eh? Mmm. Morning, suckers. Morning to all you plebs that I blocked on Twitter and Facebook yesterday. Still listening, huh? Good. This is for you. Coming up on the show today, not enough houses, too much skin and probably way too much Justin Dealey. If you want to take part, you can. But you don't get nothing for it, so you may want to think twice. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, let's just mash it up. Guys, fun story alert. Hey, 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 these could be House of Fun, and we've got a fun story about houses. Wow, it's like you planned it. Wally, we're learning. Now, more than 12,000 homes could be built in Hertfordshire, partly to mop up the overspill from Luton. North Hart's district councils identified three sites to the east of the town with a view to housing more than 2,000 families that Luton Borough can't. 
if you live in central Bedfordshire, this probably sounds rather familiar. Catherine, you've been looking into this. Where has this all come from? Right, these so-called preferred options, preferred by whom? Well, the council at this point were outlined at a councillor briefing this week ahead of a full meeting of North Hearts District Council at the end of next month. Now, under something called the National Planning Policy Framework, North Hertfordshire is required to consider how to respond to the housing need that can't be met within Luton's borders. And that word consider there is uh, something that will offer a bit of hope for those who don't see why a neighbouring authority's failure to sort out its own problem should mean hard hats and builders on your side of the border. Still, what the National Planning Policy says goes, which is why these three sites for 2,000 homes have been mooted in Cockenhoe and to the east, stop it, to the east of Luton. Now, what happens now gets more exciting. Even more exciting than this? A master plan will be prepared. And this will consider ways to minimise visual impact. So, you know, you don't get people saying it's an absolute eyesore. Um, uh, Ensure good access to Luton and look at community building stuff like schools and shops for people who will end up living there. I'm still slightly confused. Why should North Hearts take on Luton's housing needs? That's Luton's problem, surely. Well, and that's what a lot of people will be asking this morning. The answer to that is that Luton is effectively landlocked. It needs more space to um, build homes for its population. Whenever we talk about Luton uh, not having enough space for housing, we always get people phoning up saying, well, yeah, but what about this area? And what about that? And why don't they knock that down and build houses on it? So I'm never quite sure. But that's the argument. Well, remember those questions because you're going to be speaking to Tom Shaw later on and you can ask him. Um, The authority, which is Labour controlled, recently launched a legal battle against central Bedfordshire to try to get them to build more affordable homes. However, speaking on a visit to Milton Keynes yesterday, the leader of the Labour Party, Ed Miliband, says their policy would be about local communities deciding where their homes get built. It's about saying to local communities, we need a plan in an area to build homes. Now, it's not about doing it in a top-down way. It's saying to local communities, there does need to be a local plan. But the crucial thing is, you decide where the homes get built. And crucially also, you get the benefit. Local communities, local first-time buyers get the benefit when the homes are built. I heard that full interview yesterday. He also said an interesting thing. By uh, I, I think, I may have got the year wrong. By 2018, if they get in power in 2015, by 2018, they were building up to 200,000 houses a year. What's wrong with that statement? Um, I said again, if Labour gets in power, by 2018, they'll be building up to 200,000 homes a year. Up to is me- makes it meaningless. Yeah, it could be three. Yeah, it could be three homes. So that, uh, there'll be a maximum of 200,000, or there might be three. It's a meaningless figure. Anyway, uh, what about the plans to build the 12,000 homes in North Hertfordshire that won't be for Luton? OK, so nine sites have been allocated in and around Baldock, as well as two sites in Great Ashby and North East Stevenage, nine in and around Hitchin, 11 in Letchworth, eight in Royston, and one site on farmland in Gravely. So they're not playing games here. They, they mean business. It should be said, though, that this won't happen overnight, and indeed it might not happen at all. Oh. Um, this is a long-term plan for ways to cope with demand for housing up to 2031. We'll be dead! by then. Hopefully. Where we're going. Once the plans have been presented to full council on the 27th of November, a consultation period will, be, will begin and people in North Hertfordshire will be able to have their say. And just remind me of um, the t- where the 2,000 uh, homes have been mooted. What's the name of that village? Cockenhoe. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Cass. Yeah. You're a parent. Yeah. I need help. I've lost my kids. No, I haven't. I know exactly where they are, will I? I'm not making you new ones. (laughs) Gosh. Uh, So I I, I took my youngest swimming yesterday, right? And, um, oh, man, he's... Fun times, testing times. Yeah. So it's a swimming lesson. We go to the swimming teacher, 
And all the other kids, and there are like babies, and there are kids a little bit older than him, they'll all go off with the teacher and they'll, they'll, you can let them go. And they'll mm. say, he won't let go of me. Yeah. And he's got, the, he's got the floats on, he's got the belt on, he's got everything on. I had one of those. Well, what do you do? Uh, we stopped going. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because there were, I, do you know what? There was no point. She used to stand at the side. She used to stand at the side beforehand shivering, yeah. even though I, she was about three layers in underneath a load of... Flo- Have you got one of those flotation jackets? No, it's, it's got a little belt. See, they're brilliant. Because I think the other things kind of impede no, their movement. He can, he, he can float. He gets in the water, but then he just holds on to me like a yeah. limpet. And, you know, there's there's bruising around the five bits where his feet, fingers are, are pressing in, I dare say. And, then he, like and when if the teacher tries to take him, he just starts... Or if I start to let go of him, he starts sobbing like a baby. Uh, and then this is the weird thing about my, my youngest boy. Uh, he's been crying a lot recently for various different things. And then, like, ten minutes later, he go, Daddy, why was I crying? What? I'm not going to remind you, you'll start again. I did that the other day when um, he's really clingy to his mum at the moment and she went off to work and he was sobbing and he was sobbing. I distracted him with the uh, the rude dancing in the Postman Pat uh, film. <laughs> and then he said, Daddy, why was I crying? I said, because mum has gone to work. Ah! Honestly, do you know what? I think you should knock it on the head. What? He's only two and a half. I'm not going to knock him on the head. No, the swimming. Yeah, I think so wait as well. Wait till he's a bit older and wait till he wants to go. Just take him on a weekend when it's nice and relaxed. But he likes going, and then we go in the pool and we have a little paddle around. Exactly, and we go so into don't the put him off by forcing him to, you know, be Olympic standard. Uh, yeah, uh, did, yeah, did you take your kids baby swimming when they were I babies? I did, but it was pointless. That was pointless, wasn't it? Was it was absolutely pointless. And um, the best thing we did was just going, going on holiday, and they were swimming for fun rather than being forced to do laps. Can you take my kids on holiday with you? Uh, that was the offer that you made on it. That was the offer that she made on it, wasn't it, Kel? She just said she could take yeah, my kids she, on. She just offered to take your and, kids. With and her. as with the BBC, we deal in uh, fact, not fiction. That has to happen. That has to happen. You're going to. You're going, going the away. lakes. I take them to lakes. They swim in Windermere. That'd be, That's fine. Oh, dearie me. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, so far this morning, taking a look at sensors across the three counties, seems to be moving rather well on the M1 and the A1M, not seeing any major problems or delays. Do expect some delays in Milton Keynes as those roadworks continue on Standing Way at Newport Road. has been causing a few delays through the rush. The M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11, those major roadworks continue there, so do expect delays. So far, looking at the departure boards for the trains and no reported problems so far this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Kelly Betts has just told me the most hilarious but actually the most tragic story I've ever heard in my life. It's coming up soon. You won't want to miss that. Right now, though, it's 6.16. It's Friday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And hopes of an Ebola vaccine have been dashed after the British company GlaxoSmithKline said a drug it was working on wouldn't be ready in time. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday. 
from 12. Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company and we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come can't back wait. and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Richard's in Winslow. Morning, Richard. Yeah, rock and roll. What a boy, what Hey, I rock can... and roll, brother. I can tell Are you, you a mod or a rocker? Hello, can you hear me? What happened this morning? Yeah. I woke uh, uh, up hello? full of the joys of spring. Hello? And what do I get? Hel- but you whinging on about hello? calling the punters plebs and can plebs you... and... Hello? And blowing rounds. Hello, can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Mother. Can you hear me, Mother? Yeah, well, yes, I can, Mother. You're doing it again, aren't you? Hello? Hello, you're Hello, doing caller. it again. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. again. You're doing it again. Hello, caller. You're doing it again. Hello, caller. Now, listen, as you went on this course... Hello, can you hear me? How to improve. <laughs> can you hear me? You're in push Well, why, why don't you engage with me? Engage with me! I even phoned him with a suggestion how to encourage the punters. Oh, yeah, go on. Phone in, to phone in with their exotic tales from oh. travelling the world. Oh, yeah, go on. Can you actually hear me? And, and oh, do I have to? I, do, I, this is I the... wake up this morning and I get you. But, yes. Going rubbish at the poor punters. You won't encourage them to phone in if you're going to abuse them. What, do, what should I be doing then? Stroking them? Well, I, 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 I phoned... I, 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 do you want me to stroke you, Richard? I phoned up with a suggestion of how to improve the, the call ratio of people phoning in with exotic tales from their travels around the world. Would, would this improvement of the call ratio... That? Hello? Would no, the, didn't they yes, tell you about that? Can you hear me? Of course I can. Would this improvement of the call ratio involve you calling less? Because if so, I would love to hear it. Say that again. Oh, for good. So you can't hear me? Yes, I did hear you, but you were talking over me whilst I was talking. There's a surprise. You no, can't no, Richard. hear you when you're... When you're, you're when shut you're, up! Will you shut up, man? What? Shut up! Don't you tell me to shut up. I wasn't talking over you. You were rudely trying to interrupt you me. He's doing it again! Don't like the truth! Oh, you can't handle the truth! like it! You're I'll shove the truth right up your... Get back on another of those training courses! We were taking the training course! We were training them how to do it! And who's it you upset? What was that presented that you upset? What do you want? Who came to I heard? What is he banging on about? You said you upset Doze it. What do you want? Sir, Who? What do you want? Oh, well, that was all about. For what God's sakes, man! Take, speak the truth. Why did you call in? What's that all about? Oh, bums! They say we're young and we don't So we don't have a 
Coming up, Kelly Betts is going to tell you the funniest and yet the saddest story you've ever heard. And and when I say sad, I mean it's, you know, literally every sense of the word sad, as in, (laughs) sad, and also pathetic. All of those things and more. Bit of life and death in there as well. A little bit. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not uh, overselling this, am I, Kells? All of these things are featured in this. St- but, and I say story, it's two sentences at most. Mm, yeah. It's good two sentences, though. It's the best I say ever. Sorry? It's the best I will say. It's not, what you, it's not what you just said. It's the best I say. Thank you. <laughs> it's the best you say. Who want to miss? Not me. Now, a Buckinghamshire man is calling for the NHS to end the seven years of misery he's endured after having a gastric bypass. Paul Thorne from Princes Risborough lost 17 stone after the operation in 2007. But he's been left with excess skin, which he says is stopping him from getting a job or enjoying his life. He also claims the NHS in Aylesbury won't help and it's driving him to despair. Despair. Well, a uh, uh, regular contributor to the show is Tam Fry from the National Obesity Forum. Morning, Tam. Good morning to you. What's your take on this? Should, should the NHS be um, getting rid of the excess skin? Uh, my view is that it should. Um, bariatric surgery we all know about, but we don't necessarily understand the uh, amount of excess flesh which may be left on the body after the surgery. And I think this gentleman has uh, existed for seven years of misery, and he should never have been subjected to that. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, bariatric surgery is in two halves. First, the operation, and then secondly, getting rid of the excess flesh. We'll get angry callers about this, Tam. Can you explain to them why um, uh, the the, the gastric bands and the uh, removal of the uh, excess flesh should be part of the NHS and shouldn't be a privately funded thing. 
Well, the basic thing is economics. It has been proven many, many times that, in fact, bariatric surgery and the follow-up which is necessary as a result of the surgery is cost-saving to the NHS. It means that uh, the individual may not then acquire the very expensive treatments for the co-diseases which uh, may follow excess weight. And therefore, if you will, you take the long view and you say you've got to spend a bit today in order to reap the benefits tomorrow. Uh, is all of this explained to people when they um, go for these uh, gastric bands? It, it's kind of the, 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 the after effects, the fact that there will be excess skin, the fact that this doesn't actually solve the problem. You know, as I imagine for, for many people, it's, it's, it's possibly a mental problem. It, it, how much kind of uh, the, the counselling is given? There's no guidance on this, uh, and that, is, I think, is an error from the National Institute of Clinical Excellence. Uh, they just worry about the operation. But it is absolutely important that anybody contemplating bariatric surgery is told by the doctors and physicians and surgeons that there will be a long-term effect of the surgery, uh, i.e., first of all, the excess flesh, which uh, will certainly be there, but secondly, the need to return to the hospital or return to the clinic in order to make so sure that the surgery is, is, is in order because there are many, many complications which may arise if if the individual forgets the very strict regime which uh, he or she must follow in terms of uh, how they're eating and how they're exercising. Uh, d there are cancer drugs that people don't get because they can't be afforded. There are uh, treatments for MS and other conditions that people don't get because of lack of funds. Well, it, it, removing someone's excess flesh or helping them lose weight might be seen as a bit of a luxury. Uh, you might think that it's a bit of a luxury, but if you've got that flesh hanging off you, and, and perhaps as a man uh, you don't care about it so much, but certainly women would find this extremely embarrassing. Uh, it is uh, it, it, it is terrible, they, and, and uh, this gentleman from Bucks, for instance, wants to go back to work. He's most unlikely to want to go back to work if he has uh, this uh, flesh hanging around him, and by going to back to work, he will be starting to replay the money to the exchequer uh, that has been afforded to him by the cosmetic surgery. And, and, and what, what is the National Obesity Forum doing about this? Uh, well, we are lobbying as hard as we can to make it an all-embracive all um, uh, exercise. Uh, but unfortunately, as you say, a lot of people are very much against this because they regard it as being uh, strictly cosmetic and should be paid for by the individual. On the other hand, we would say that it's all part of the same deal. Tam, do you normally get up at this time in the morning? Or are you doing this just for us? I have to say, I don't uh, do it just for you. I'm, I'm up at four o'clock every morning. Blimey. My briefing uh, at four o'clock uh, from all around the world, all the stories on obesity, uh, just so that I can respond to calls, uh, for instance, from you, which says, um, get out there and talk to us at 6.20. Tam, listen, up. We, we, we appreciate the work that you're doing. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Tam Fry from the National Obesity Forum. Blimey. Uh, yeah, they're getting up at four o'clock. I know, I know where you're coming from, brother. I feel your pain. I feels your pain. 08459 455 555. So the gastric band surgery is on the NHS. The removal of the excess flesh isn't. Well, if you're going to do one, you, might, you, you should probably do both, shouldn't you? Surely it's standard aftercare, isn't it? You, you would imagine that the two go hand in hand, uh, because otherwise, well, it's, it's only the half the job done. Or... 
you lay it all out when you first start and you say, look, you can have this, but you're going to be responsible for look, for uh, sorting out the surgery or paying for the surgery afterwards. Are be... you still prepared to go forward? Because a lot of people think this is a, a quick fix. Yeah, a, a lot of it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all up here. A lot of it's in the head. Yeah. A lot of it is in the head. And which leads to, you know, a lot of disappointment for people. I think this is going to be the end of a lot of different problems that aren't necessarily related to what they carry around their middle. And this is a long shot. If you've had the gastric, and we'll be speaking to this gentleman later on that we were talking about, if you've had the gastric band uh, up, were you left with uh, a, a little bit of uh, excessive flesh? But more, uh, more interestingly, I think, did you, um, did it solve the problem? Because for some people, food is an addiction and it's there to cover, you know, low self-esteem and shame and all of those kind of usual things. Did it solve the problem, really? Or, or, or did it just push the problem elsewhere? 08459 555 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, so far this morning, uh, checking across the speed sensors over the three counties, and it seems to be moving well on the major routes. The M1 and the A1M both moving rather freely this morning. On the M40 at the moment, there are some roadworks taking place just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church, so do expect delays there. Having a look so far at the M25, building a little bit between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11, there are some major roadworks taking place there as well. So far, taking a look at the departure boards for the trains, Everything's running well so far this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Coming up, Kelly Betts will tell you the, um, well, just the most incredible story I've ever heard. It only takes two sentences. One, if you replace the first full stop with a comma, which I think grammatically would still be correct. You don't want to miss it. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. Around a million pounds worth of jewellery was stolen from Leslie Davis jewellers in the centre MK. And hopes of an Ebola vaccine have been dashed after the British company GlaxoSmithKline said a drug it was working on wouldn't be ready in time. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. New Watford manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time at Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. English football is best football on the road and uh, this uh, change what is front of me it's very important change for personally for, for me. Club is in a good situation and it's thinking about uh, important things uh, from end of the season. And captain Troy Deeney could return after injury. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says he could rest midfielder Deli Alley for the League One trip to Leighton Orient after midweek international duty. In League Two, leaders Wickham host AFC Wimbledon. Inform Luton make the long trip to Hartlepool. Former Republic of Ireland striker Tony Cascarino watched John Still's training session yesterday. It's good when you know someone of Tom's quality comes and watches anyway. And talk, you know we're just talking about one or two of the younger pl- players playing. And listen, you know. I'm not too clever or too knowledgeable 
not to listen to people of, of great experience and great knowledge. You know, all of us managers, we don't know it all. And Stevenage have signed two midfielders on loan ahead of the home game with Accrington. Arsenal youngster Jack Jeb and Shrewsbury's David McAllister have joined for a month. And Wickham's Adams Park hosted the FA Women's Super League Continental Cup final last night with Manchester City beating Arsenal 1-0. In rugby, Bedford hosts the Welsh side Cross Keys tomorrow in their first home match of the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning return to the newly rebuilt Planet Ice Rink tomorrow evening after over a year of playing their matches in Coventry. The Lightning host Sheffield. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. And we're not little children, and we know what we want, and the future is certain. Give us 
You can do it right now, please. It's a good day in the papers, unless you're Nick Clegg, of course, and where your wife uh, announces that she be, she's been faking her... She's not said that. She has That's said... That's the way the mail's reading it. She has said that. Yeah, uh, Miriam, who, let's be honest, Nick Clegg... Let's be honest, all of the party political leaders, apart from Ed Miliband, are batting way above their average, aren't they? And yes, I've got a soft spot for Sam Cam. Have you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's one I'll have a, a treat for you to, uh, on Monday, then. I'll bring the Bowden catalogue in. You can fill your boots. Sorry? Bowden. What's Bowden? It's like the closed version of Waitrose. Is she in it? No. Well, pretty much, yeah. What do you mean? That type. Oh, it's not... There's a whole catalogue of women that look like Sam can. Yeah. She really is. We can do this. It's, 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 an, old, it's an old standard, but your unusual crushes are eight four five nine four double five five double five For me... Sam can. Michael Palin. That's not unusual. It is. He's way too old for Even me. though he's, he's like, he's 73, would you yeah. still allow him to pour you? Well, no, because I'm w- married. Would but... he go from pole to pole? Oh. Would he go around your globes in 80 days? What? Anyway, uh, that's would... not what Miriam um, Gonzalez Durantes is saying. Ah, she's a powerful woman. What she's saying is, uh, it's the fake it to make it thing that we've all done at certain times. Some of us made it, some of us are still faking Women it. Women have been faking lots of things during history. So if you're going to fake something, fake self-confidence. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a better, there's the better version where it makes it sound like she says she's been faking her... Um, yeah. I'm guessing the sun. No, no. Mirror. No. We don't get the mirror here. No. We're not allowed to have the mirror. They don't trust us to have the mirror. Britain's greatest newspaper, they won't let me read it. The intelligent tabloid, that's what they call themselves now. Yeah, as they should. If you really want to know, look in the mirror. Oh. Can't find it. Anyway, she has been um, fake... uh, uh, She has been faking her orgasms. No, she hasn't. She has. (laughs) Ah, anyway, Nick that's wife business. and Sam Cam's wife. No, Sam Cam is the wife. Or is she? What you got? Um, tell him about the honey, mummy. Oh, flipping egg. With a name like Sugar Puffs, it was only a matter of time before it fell victim to... Yeah, big Sugar Puff! Hey, to the healthy eating lobby. For almost 60 years, the breakfast cereal is to be rebranded Honey Monster Puffs. I'm going to start a Facebook campaign. Oh, no, hang on, I probably don't need to, as the company that makes Sugar Puffs has got one. Yeah, I think this is a bit of a, the uh, salad cream effect. Do you remember when they said they were going to get rid of salad cream because no one cared about it anymore? And then everyone said, oh, I do, I like salad cream. Oh, crazy, salad cream sales went up and uh, they carried on. Hey, Kells, Kells Bells, you like um, music. Yes, and we're salad cream. We're going to hear your story just before 7 o'clock, by Thank the way. You. I've a- got the mirror, by the way. Where? Oh, oh she's such a... What a plum. If, if physical violence were allowed in the workplace, she'd be black and blue right now. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to hit members of the team anymore. But trust me, Kelly, if we were, you would be. Thank um, you. Vinyl 
Oh, yeah. Set for most sales since 1996. Oh. Vinyl, just me on this one, guys. Vinyl albums are on track. Clever. I haven't got a record player. What's the point in buying vinyl? To achieve their biggest sales for almost two decades are even expected to pass the million mark. Gosh. They're only going to sell a million records this year. I remember when Duran Duran would sell a million records in a week. Do you remember we had a vinyl day, Ian? Yeah, we did, and it was brilliant. It was we were going to make it a regular good. thing, and then someone poo-pooed it. Who poo-pooed it? Kath. Uh, no. No, Kath no, didn't. I didn't. You, you kind of did. Didn't care enough to poo-poo anything. Yeah, exactly. That was your, your, your oh. lack of infuse. You can do what you, you, can do what you want. You can play records if you want. Did you bring any? No, so stop moaning. 58 is the age that we are most contented. It oh. is not. It's 24. What was the best, best age for you, Kels? Bearing in mind you've only had 19 years. Uh, probably six. Catherine Boyle? Still waiting. 47, 48, were they good years for you? Or is it, do you not remember them? So far in the distance. So far away. Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? Cause I know what I feel to be right, yeah. No more lonely nights, never be another. No more lonely nights. Bum, 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 bum. You're my guiding light. you ask again? I've I'll got, set that off. I've got no idea, but boy, wasn't it good? It was really good. I've got a really good voice. You have. Put that in the pod, because I think the, the internet needs to hear that. Mm. I, I'm, you never know. Mm. Um, Simon Cowell, Mickey Most, some big name in music might be listening to that. George Martin. I might get a record deal. The back of that. Kath, what you got? In life, grandmother Leslie Emerson was a prolific texter, never more than an oh. SMS away from her nearest and dearest. This is great. So when she lost her battle with cancer at the age of 59, her family decided to bury her with her mobile phone as a way of commemorating something they loved about her. You would do. To ease their grief, they even sent her text messages with all the family news. Yeah. Uh, but nothing could have prepared them for what was about to happen. Oh. Three years after Mrs Emerson had passed away in 2011, her granddaughter Cherie's blood ran cold when she received a return message. Oh, from beyond the grave! I'm watching you. No, leave it on, leave it on. Oh, sir. I'm watching you. You'll get through this. You'll be all right. The text read... Let me play some, hang on, let me play some scary music, because we need some scary music for this. Hang on, that's not, sorry, that's not, not what I thought it was. I do apologise. Uh, hang on, let me just play some... Let me, OK. You want some scary... Let's have some scary, scary music. No? Uh, give me looks to say that's not funny? Um, OK, so scary music. <laughs> I, can, I don't think we have the scary music here. OK, okay let's imagine the scary music. Okay. One, let me two, just try. Let me just try uh, one more. Hang on. Anyway, so they got this message back from beyond, beyond, the, gra- beyond the grave. Um, or did they? No, someone got um, a, the phone number oh. and decided that enough was enough. They've yeah. probably been receiving a whole lot of extra information they didn't really need. Yeah. And either as a prank or as um, maybe a way of trying to um, help with the grieving process, 
they Probably sent that prank. message back. You, you, you must have had uh, mucky texts from a wrong number. You never had that? Not mucky texts. Oh, I've had mucky texts from a wrong number and I've, I've uh, got straight in there. Have you? Yeah, but, but like really inappropriate. Eventually getting really, really inappropriate wow. until they go, you're not Sharon, are you? No, but you started it. Don't leave me now. <laughs> Especially now we've shared so much. Hey, you remember that uh, that old fella that when um, I, I know a few. Well, I know you do with Michael Palin, you know intimately. The old fella who um, when uh, we were all uh, oh <laughs> we were all celebrating, not celebrating, commemorating D Day, and the old fella escaped from the old people's home to go. Yes. He's uh, Bernard Jordan, 90. He's won a city council gong for escaping a Brighton care home to be at June's D-Day anniversary. Isn't that... I think that's good. Yeah. What's he, he, what's he need a gong for? No, it's not... It's He's a, a bloke me- who went out for the day. It's a medal. Yeah, but... It's not an actual gong. It's not like the rank man. All oh, right, OK. It's not a Chinese say, don't thing. Don't give him a gong. What's it, they've probably got one in the home. It's a medal. Boing. Dinner time, guys! Come get it while it's hot! Well... Dinner time in half an hour. Come and get it. It'll be hot. <laughs> uh, he won a, I think that's nice he won a medal. Although he's probably got medals for killing Nazis. Yeah, he probably has. And maybe his uh, family won't be very happy that he's effectively being encouraged to run away. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M at 25, heading anti-clockwise, looking rather slow-moving at the moment on the speed sensors just at junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also building up anti-clockwise around junction 16 for the M40. And it's already looking heavy in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, just at junction 21A for the M25. The M40 at the moment, um, as roadworks taking place at junction 5 for Stoke and Church, so do expect some delays there. Some minor delays at the moment on the northern line between Edgware and Golders Green. This is all due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's easy for you to say. 6.46, it's Friday the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified, including Cockenhoe. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And a Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Let's... Oh! <laughs> you all right? Sorry. What happened? Paper in the face. Yeah, I do apologise for that. That was just a spasm. Here's the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Apart from a couple of cloudier spots, when the sun does come up, we've got a fairly bright start for many and some sunny spells to come. It should be a largely dry day, although we can't rule out the odd shower here and there. Uh, a bit more cloud builds later on, though, but a very warm one again with highs reaching the high teens. A um, bit of a south to southwesterly breeze, though, just taking the edge off that. Tonight, a fairly cloudy night with some patchy rain and lows of 15 degrees Celsius. So already quite warm when we wake up in the morning and another cloud... Well, not, not another cloudy day, but a cloudy day tomorrow. And a bit of patchy rain in the afternoon. There could be some heavy bursts within it, but uh, it's not going to be too much uh, to worry about. Temperatures reaching perhaps the high teens, maybe even the low 20s. It'll be fairly blustery tomorrow and on Sunday as well. And uh, Sunday, we've got a, really a day of sunshine and showers. A similar day on Monday, but it's Monday evening that we start to see the remnants of uh, Gonzalo, or ex-Hurricane Gonzalo, as it will be by then. But really, it's just wet and windy. Uh, not too unusual for October weather. That's your latest forecast. 
If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. Hey, what a great way to get things started today. Uh, Lost in Music, and that comes from Sister Sledge. Hi, how are you? But there is a way you can hear it all again. It's Treasure Quest, live across BBC Radio Northampton and BBC Three Counties Radio. We are on our search for the treasure. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio, allowing you to listen to what you miss. Can you ever have too much cake? Discuss? Uh, no, we don't need to discuss that. <laughs> Tony Blackman here with you through to 11 o'clock with all this great soul music. Tower of London was where his daughter lost her head. Thanks a marillion. It's a very good recipe. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Boom, shakalaka, boom. You right, Just? Morning, Princess. Good morning, my darling. Catherine Boyle's here. Hello. Hey. Oh. Well, that's the introductions done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what brings you here, Just? Well, what have you got for me? Sorry? I tell you what I got. Oh, we, we got we got a good one, Kath. Go and give it to him. We're all going to be dead in six months, according yeah. to a panic-stricken dad who's insisting his daughter wears a face mask to school during the Ebola crisis. That's the Ebola crisis that hasn't come to this country yeah. yet. John O'Brien of Turvey has told Sharnbrook Upper School, this is from the Bedfordshire on Sunday's website, that he wants the student to wear the protective measure to prevent her from catching the deadly virus from people who haven't got it. But he's been told it would not be appropriate and now he claims a school has called social services after he threatened to educate her at home instead. I don't believe the... Can someone bleep? Uh, bleep. Yeah. The, the government are telling us in relation to Ebola, so I emailed the school and said I would like my child to wear a mask, said John. I am not going to wait for my child to catch Ebola. I'm going to send my child to school with a mask and... Another bleep, please? Bleep! bleep goggles. I should be able to protect her and I'll do what's best for her, he added. The frantic father... It doesn't look frantic in the photograph, but it does, you know, I suppose they both start with a fur. Claims he asked the school if they could send homework for his daughter to finish. They said they had no intention of sending schoolwork because doing so would look like they are condoning the behaviour. I've been trying to look up Mr John O'Brien in Turvey and I can't find him just... You want me to go on a mission to find the man? Turvey's not very big, and I'm hoping you might be able to. I mean, come on, is this story for real? Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, not there's made a picture up. of him it's... with a face mask on. Wow. Um, yeah, OK, I'm going to leave right now. I'm going to try and track him down, and I shall uh, report back before nine. Incredible. Tell Just... you what, meet me at the front door first, and I'll give you this article. Yeah, OK, no props. All right, cheers, Just. Cheers. The, 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 the fear is growing. There's an air passenger in protective suit as Ebola fears start to grip the West. Well. There's a picture of a woman. Well, it says a hazmat um, suit. I think that's just one of those... Um, uh, raincoats, plastic raincoats yeah, you, you get, get at Legoland. Yeah. <laughs> but she's got the gloves and the mask on. Ah, man alive. We, we, do you know what? We'll be all right because, um, well, we don't leave our dead in the streets. You know, we don't, we don't go and kiss our dead bodies and things as they do. We'll be all right. I was panicked last week. I'm not panicked anymore. I'll be panicked next week. I don't know. Keeping your kids off school, though, because you think they're going to catch it, is something else, isn't it? I've heard rumours, and I, I'll check this out, that you can buy... In fact, let me, let me check... You, you do another story. Let me check this out before I... Um, All right, let's do another one. ...start the panic. Let's do another one. Hey, by the way, bums are big. Yes. Are, are in. Thank goodness, I've come uh, back into fashion. Well, have a look, read that, because it says it as though it's a new... Th- I thought big bums were, were fashionable for ages. Um, who was it, the MC... Uh, what's he called? I like big butts and I cannot lie. That was Cat Stevens, you I think, wasn't it? You can't deny. The winner girl walks in and they'd be wasting round things in your face you get. Anyway, we'll not continue with that. Some it does get rather mix-a-lot. Yes, it gets rather grubby. Does my bum look big in this? Yes, then whoopee. In the ever-swirling world of fashion, it's moved on. It seems that from the sylph-like look of supermodel Kate Moss, uh, it's now the trend for curvy derrieres, thanks to stars like Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez and Kim Kardashian. I think real men have always liked real women. 
Uh, yeah, I like. I, you, you, come on, girls. It's the, all the, the women that get impressed by super skinniness. I really think that the stick thing, the, the stick thing, the stick thin thing thing is no, is that's a no no. Listen, and I've met women who work in television, and you look they look thin on television because they are really really thin in real life, and it's yeah. not nice. No, you don't want any of that. You don't want any of that. I couldn't find the thing I was looking for. So it's time what to. What are you trying to find? You're looking for a hazmat suit on Amazon. You can get hazmat suits on Amazon. Wow. But that's not what I was looking for. Kelly Betts, you've told us the saddest, most pathetic, yet most wonderful. Let me just go and meet Justin. Won't be a minute. Because I've heard this story and it was good, but uh, I just need to give him this. Oh. All right, girls, just you and me. Oh. Just, oh, just, well, just she's you. in here now. Let's get the keys. Getting the keys. All right, mate, you do, you do know that's a live studio and you're bashing around and huffing and puffing and slamming doors. You do know, you do know that studio's on air and you're b- rudely banging the door and huffing and puffing. Oh, she's... All right, girls, well, let's... Um... Hey, hey, Ian. Yeah, mate. Look. Excellent. Great idea. Great idea. So tell us this story, Kelly. Tell us the story. Um, <clears throat> the bag has just been hidden, dear listener. Okay. Once, I was drowning, and my friend walked past because he thought I was joking. It, it, do you know what? It's not as good as I thought it was, actually. Then my boyfriend had to jump in and save me, and then my friend. Were you actually out. drowning? Yeah. Because you can't swim, can no. you? That's brilliant. What, what what part of it's brilliant? The drowning or the fact that I can't swim? There's so many parts of that are brilliant. I mean, you are... We joke you're 19. You're actually 39 years old and you <laughs> cannot swim. That's insane. I know how to. We're all right, thanks, Kath. Yeah, no, it's oh. fine. We're, we're all right, thanks, Kath. We're doing it now. Yeah, go on then. OK, no, you know. Well, I'm paid to listen, so... Well, you can go and pay, listen. You can be paid to listen in the, uh, the canteen while you're making a cough with your boyfriend, Justin. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go and squeeze his bum and give him a snog? While you're at it, which beef? My beef's you and Dealey. He's gone. Exactly. Well, I'm not second. I'm not second fiddle. I'm not playing second fiddle. He's on an important mission. I'm playing second the information. Plenty, plenty of good tunes played on an old fiddle. Pardon? And I'll have a fiddle in a minute. What? What? Can I watch? What's going on? What the hell is so this? So I I know how to swim. Yeah. But I I. You read the book. You yeah. just can't do it in practice. I just I'm I'm, I'm I have a bit of a fear of water. I can't float. Can't do it. Sometimes when I swim a little bit, I get nervous and then I laugh and then I start to go under and then people have to come and get me. Yeah. Well, don't never, never, never laugh when you're going down because that really is going to it's going to be a disaster. Now, BBC introducing Kelly. Yes. Let's tell us all about. BBC introducing. Say is all a about. Show you keep it, you know, dedicated tight. to tight. the music Brief. from the three counties area. Each week, I select a banging tune one, one to play shot, please, on yeah. the three counties. Playlist. Can I have one sugar as well? I think you're mistaking me for someone else. Mistaking <laughs> <laughs> you for Cath Boyle, the tea, the tea maid. Right. Okay. Uh, we I've just got. Te- I've just got teas made. We should get one. I've just got it. It's a pun. It's a doublonton. Teas made. Yeah. So it's spelled M A I D. It's a maid yeah. that makes your tea, but also teas made. How have I never got that? This song is called "Hold Back the River" by James Bay. He's from Hitching. Hitchin, and he's brilliant. Is he not from Cockenhoe? No. It's a shame.
been talking so long would have been able to hear all of it we'll go to got to the trav in it who is that uh, james bay i like that it's a, it's a good one if you want to hear that without uh, ian speaking over it Sorry? it's on his soundcloud james bay music thank you very much indeed if you want to hear all of it without kelly betts talking so long at the start um, listen again and listen back to me introducing it on saturday night thank you very much i've got i've got i've got i've got to press the button Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, heading southbound. There's a lane closed at the moment between Junction 13 for Salford Road and Junction 12 at Flitting. This is due to a broken down lorry there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow on the sensor this morning. Just at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also starting to build up anti-clockwise at Junction 16 for the M40. On camera in Boreham Wood, the Barnet Bypass is queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. People getting a little bit too um, 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 worried about Ebola. Woman in an airport wearing a hazmat suit and a gentleman wants his girl to wear a mask at school. Really? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, North Hertfordshire homes to include loot and overspill. Investigations continue after million-pound jewellery theft in Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire man fighting for more surgery after weight loss operation. BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. More from Tony Fisher. North Hart's District Council says they're required under the National Planning Policy framework to respond to the needs of Luton, which they can't meet within their own borders. Three sites containing over 2,000 homes have been identified in Cockenhoe and to the east of Luton. A master plan will be prepared for all three sites to consider issues such as access into Luton, adequate new schools and ensure any development meets Luton's specific needs. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. Around a million pounds worth of jewellery was stolen from Leslie Davis jewellers in the centre MK. More from Ben Nye. The thieves started a fire near Milton Keynes Market just after three in the morning as a diversion while they carried out the break-in. Two months ago, three shops in Watford's Harlequin Centre were robbed by a gang of men who'd set light to cars in a nearby street as a diversionary tactic. Detectives in Hertfordshire say that because of the similarity, they're liaising with Thames Valley Police, who've appealed for anyone with information to come forward. A 16-year-old boy has been charged with robbing a bookmaker's in Kempston. The teenager is accused of robbing corals on Bedford Road on Wednesday. He's been remanded in custody to appear at Luton Youth Court next week. Hopes of an Ebola vaccine have been dashed after the British company GlaxoSmithKline said a drug it was working on wouldn't be ready in time. The UN Secretary-General Banky Moon says too many countries aren't doing enough to fight Ebola. A Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Paul Thorne from Princess Risborough lost 17 stone following the surgery in 2007. The Aylesbury Vale Clinical Commissioning Group says aesthetic surgery after weight loss programmes is not normally funded. Tam Fry is from the National Obesity Forum. There's no guidance on this uh, and that is, I think is an error from the National Institute of Clinical Excellence. Uh, They just worry about the operation. But it is absolutely important that anybody contemplating bariatric surgery is told by the doctors and physicians and surgeons that there will be a long-term effect of the surgery. Sales of vinyl albums in the UK are expected to top one million for the year, the highest number for nearly 20 years. AM by Arctic Monkeys remains the bestseller. Classic albums by Led Zeppelin, Oasis and the Stone Roses are also in the top ten. In sport, Watford captain Troy Deeney could return after injury for tomorrow's trip to Sheffield Wednesday. New manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells, but clouding over this afternoon with some rain this evening. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. 
today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone-in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Mark Nevin from Fairground Attraction and finding out why central Bedfordshire libraries want you to borrow humans and not books. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, but will you, Mark? Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Lots that we've got to talk about. Not a lot for you to sink your teeth into yourself. We'll come up with something. We'll have a little ponder. Don't worry, don't worry. You can, of course, call in about anything you want. This is what we've got, and if you don't fancy this, well, then you can have a chat about anything. Not enough houses, too much skin, and Dealey goes on the hunt for Ebola. Well, not necessarily Ebola. He goes on the hunt for people who are afraid of Ebola. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We've not given them a lot to, um, to, to, to get stuck into, have we, this What, you mean there wasn't massive reaction to Kelly's moving story? <laughs> there, was, there, was, uh, there was none of that. <laughs> I mean, you can call in about your weird crushes. I don't think Sam Cam, uh, the second lady, if we had such a thing, Samantha Cameron, I don't think that's such a weird crush. She's a bit gummy for me. She's got a bit of the old, um, 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 not Paolo Natini, Paloma Faiths about her. A busy mouth. Well, no, it's not that. I like a busy mouth. It's the gummage. Oh. She's got the Wurzels going. Wurzel gummage. Yeah, there's a lot of gum there. The, the proportion of gum to teeth is irregular. But apart from that, Sam, as long as you don't open your mouth, you know, as long as you don't smile completely... <laughs> Just make sure she's miserable. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's then, happy. Perfect. from Sam. Why, the long face. Well, you know, and exactly, and it will be... I, I think she's a delightful lady. You must yeah. have... You must fancy... Well, apart from Palin, because I think Palin's quite a good one to fancy. Yeah, he's very charming. Yeah. Uh, who else? Um... I did have a thing for Cherie Blair. What? Yeah. I mean, you can't get much more gummy than that, can you? Yeah, gummy mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a little thing for Cherie Blair, yeah. Wow. I did. That, that is odd. I, got, I, yeah, I do go for the unconventional. There's, there's, there's something about those um, women that's a little bit... Maybe it's is the it power. Is it because there's... The power? Yeah, the power. Right. The power. No, I don't think it gets much weirder than Michael Palin, really. Okay. Hey, no, hang on. Oh, yeah. Um, most of the ones from Horrible Histories. Oh, you love Horrible Histories. Oh, my goodness. It's the best programme in the world. I must watch it one day, and hopefully that will stop you banging on about it to me. I'll lend you a CD. A DVD, even. Our DVD player didn't work. What? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, Is there a piece of toast, toast in it? Piece, there's a piece of toast in it. Is there a piece of toast? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, There'll five. be something stuck in it that shouldn't five. be. No, they just, they've just knackered it. Technology, eh? Kids, eh? Oh, <laughs> is dear. more of the thing. Uh, you can give us a call. Your your uh, your strange crushes. I, I, Samantha Cameron, if you're listening, you know when, when it when it all falls down with Dave, give us a call. Now, Luton's housing needs could become North Hertfordshire's problem. National planning policy dictates that the district council has to consider ways to deal with Luton's shortage in its plans up to 2031. Councillor David Levitt is North Hart's district council's portfolio holder for planning and enterprise, and joins me now. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. You have to consider uh, Luton's uh, housing shortage. I'm, I'm inferring from that, David, you don't actually have to do anything about it. Um, no. Uh, 
technically not. The National Planning Policy Framework says we have a duty to cooperate with our neighbouring authorities who've identified an unmet need. Uh, but that's not the same as a duty to agree. Uh, is it frustrating for you? Because I'm imagining that you have your own housing issues and housing needs, and the fact that you have to consider uh, a- another area's housing needs, that must be a little bit annoying. It, it's difficult. We have a housing need of our own, identified housing need for 12,100 homes within North Hertfordshire. We've identified sites uh, to, to just about cover that for our own needs, um, but, but they're all in great, 80% of them are in Greenbelt. Um, so when we're looking at Luton's unmet need, um, it's very difficult to find somewhere to, 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 to meet their need. It has to be you know, Luton's, um, it has to be close to Luton. It has to have the good transport links, and it, it sort of limits you out a lot. You don't fancy this, do you, David? Sorry, you don't fancy this. Um, I'm not keen on it. It's difficult to not meet our own needs. So the, what, what, the, what areas are you considering, in inverted commas, for, for Luton housing? and Where would they be in North Hearts? It's an area to the, the west of our district, the east of Luton, uh, around about Cockenhoe. So it would be in Cockenhoe? Yeah, around Cockenhoe. Around yeah. Cockenhoe. Yeah. And, and what about the plans for... And is, is that the same areas that you're looking at for the north, for your own homes? No, our own homes are going very much around the existing towns, Baldock, Letchworth, Royston um, and the villages. And, and how, how long have you got to make a decision? Is, is, is it all kind of... It all sounds very vague, David. We have to set a plan between the period of housing we have to cover for is the period between the 2011 and 2031. So you can see this has been in preparation from some, for some time. We've had a couple of goes at it. We've tried, we've tried to meet the numbers. Uh, but about 18 months ago, the government brought in a national planning, national, national planning policy framework, and uh, it changed the rules rather a lot. Is it actually going to happen, or are you just are you pay, paying lip service here? Um, it depends on the developers. We don't actually build the homes. We are, what we have to do is find the land to, to meet the need. It's up to the developers to build the homes, so somebody has got to come forward with the money to get that land uh, and put the development in place. Anyone coming forward yet? Anyone kind of gonna go, having a nose around? There is already uh, um, an application in on one of those sites. OK. Which, which one? Uh, well, one of the, there's three sites in the east of Luton. It, it, it's one of those three. OK. Yeah. You can't say which one? No, no, Not no, at the moment. no, okay. no, no. David, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. Thank you. Councillor David Levitt, North Hearts District Council's portfolio holder for planning and enterprise. I often wish I had a long title. He's not keen, is he? Bless him for being honest. He's not keen about that. You could tell he felt... Um, felt slightly put upon. I appreciated his honesty. No, no, I did as well. I, I love it when councillors come on and, and they're, they're, they're honest. He, he, he doesn't like the idea. You know, as he said, he, he, they've got their own housing issues, their own housing problems they need to meet. And it, it, it's, it must be weird. We're going to speak to uh, Tom Shaw from Luton uh, Council a bit later on. Um, and I'm sure he, he, who is another very honest councillor, as far as, I, as far as we can tell at the moment, uh, and speaks his mind. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So there's a story in the papers today, page three of the Express. You know sometimes, I say sometimes, you know, like quite often, people make up stories about things. They make up stories just to fill things. This is a made-up story, isn't it? Fashion's new trend 
It's right behind you. Does Sorry, can you hear this buzz, by the way? I apologise. If you're listening on DAB, you'll hear the crystal clear buzz. If you're listening on FM, you might be lucky and it's drowned out. Uh, but that buzz is, is it's a thing. We've got, we've got uh, nice racks here in the studio. Unfortunately, they're very, very noisy. So apologies for that. Uh, it's the BBC. I'm sure it'll be fixed by 2016. Uh, does my bum look big in this? Yes, then whoopee. The ever-swirling world of fashion has moved on, it seems, from the sylph-like look of supermodel Kate Moss. Now the trend is for a curvy derriere. Yeah. Thanks to stars like Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez and that there Kardashian woman. OK, let's, let's, let's reel it back in. Fashion's not changed. They're still skinny. We're talking about pop culture, aren't we? We're talking about music and whatever it is that Kim Kardashian does. But, but, but big bums. And you say big bums. I mean, Kardashian well, has got... But, but these visible are, bums. Your normal bums are... They've been, they've been fashionable, trend... What, what does that even mean? We've been more appreciative of them for the last few years. So why is this now suddenly a story? Well, because you've got women uh, actually padding them out now. Ah. Uh, uh, women are using exercises like the squat as those with less than ample posteriors attempt to boost their backsides. Many are also making inquiries about having implant surgery. The features. Thank you. Uh, big bottoms were fashionable, but it gives you the history of big bums. It's all about. Do you know what it's about? Go on. Fecundity. What? It's about your ability to bear children. It goes oh. back to cavemen and women, and yeah. that is why big bums have always been attractive. It's about your bum to hip ratio. You uh, can't help yourself. The thing is, if you watch carry on films now, then Joan Sim is seen like the kind of uh, frumpy old woman. But, but, but in the carry-on films, for a lot of them, she was the hot bit of crumpet because she was curvaceous. She was a big lady. Morning, Graham. Morning. Do you Morning. like big bums? I love big bums. Beautiful. There we go. Uh, what have you got for us, Graham? It's just about the uh, final sales up to a million this year. For the first time in 20 years. Oh, yeah, they're going to reach a million? Yeah. Just saying that uh, all them people years ago got rid of their vinyl yeah do you know what I, I've got a load of vinyl I've got um, oh I don't know maybe a hundred albums but they're all primarily monkeys records uh, and I chucked out so much vinyl and um, I'm an idiot for doing it I'm an idiot you are a total idiot do you still get the old records out and give them a spin Graham yeah I'm DJing tomorrow night and it uh, works doing all vinyl beautiful because the, the thing about I don't I don't listen to MP3s at home. It will be CDs primarily. But the thing about getting a record out is you've got if you're going to play an album, you've got to commit to that because you've got to find it. You've got to turn on the record player. You'll get the album out of the sleeve, then get the album out of the inner sleeve. Then you've got to lift up the thing and then put the record. You've got to work. Then you've got to turn it over halfway through. That's the beauty of it, though, Oh, I listen. I totally agree. You've got you've you've really got to want to listen to that record to play it. Oh, definitely. And it sounds much better, I think. Big, nice, big... We talk about big bottoms. Records have got a big bottom, haven't they? Big, fat sound. They have, mate, they have. Graham, keep flying the flag. Thank you. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Looking quite heavy now on the Great North Road, heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabout. The M1, there's a lane closed at the moment that's broken down a lorry between Junction 13 at Salford Road and Junction 12 at Flittick. Taking a look at the M25, heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Also very slow on the sensors between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. The A1M starting to build up, heading southbound just around Junction 2 for Wellham Green. And so far in Borehamwood, it is queuing on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 7.16. It is Friday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And a Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven, seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gas Bypass. BBC Three Counties Radio. There were golds galore in Glasgow. Commonwealth Games as a whole was an amazing experience, and to bring back the, the, the amount of medals that we did was, was amazing. Well, what a performance! But once again, we also want to celebrate our unsung sporting heroes this year. She's an amazing coach who really, really inspires us. So who will you nominate? She understands how we feel and everything. We're looking for someone who's made their contribution for no reward, but had the enjoyment of seeing sport flourish in our local communities. To make your nomination, go to bbc.co.uk slash unsungHero and download a form. The closing date is the 20th of October, with our 2014 Unsung Hero announced at this year's BBC Sports Personality of the Year. You can't bottle it. <laughs> get inspired and get nominating. 525,600 minutes. April's in Luton. Good morning, April. Good morning. Good morning, April. We're blessed. We're blessed with a phone call and not an email. I know. Hey, yeah. you do a weird thing with your emails. Can I? Can I tell you what you do that's weird? Mm-hmm. Every time I get an email from you, mm-hmm. it says April has requested uh, confirmation that you've received this email. Oh uh, yeah, that's because of the job I do. Oh yeah. man, it's so annoying. It's like my friends. You, know you can set that. You can switch that off, don't you? I I, I can switch that off. <laughs> How well, so can I? I guess. Well, yeah, you can. So every time I get, and I enjoy your emails, but every time I've got, and I always click no. Do you want to send yeah, her, a, do you want to send her acknowledgement of this email? No. That'll Are learn her. Outlook? Yeah. You, I'll, I'll send you a... No, no, you, you stop doing it. It's your fault. <laughs> it's like my friend Scott. When I first became friends with my friend Scott, right, we're, uh, uh, we emailed, we were doing a lot of emails, and he hadn't turned off his... Um, out-of-office notification. So every time I sent him an email, because it was kind of, we were doing a little business thing together, uh, which is how I kind of got to know him. So every time I sent him an email, and there were a lot of emails, uh, I'd get an out-of-office um, thing saying, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm not available at the moment. And I, had, and I didn't know him well enough to say, look, sorry, mate, could you stop doing this? It's, it's clogging up my inbox. So for about three months, I got these out-of-office things, and it was <laughs> almost as annoying as your emails, April. I shall amend that, of course. You amend that, my darling. Now, what have you got for us? Are you doing a, what was the last album, you vinyl you played? We are now. Yeah, of course we are. That's the greatest phone-in I've heard, I yes. I think it was 
I think it was last Friday. Yeah. I came on my way home. Roberto played oh. one of the Bowie songs. Which which, song, which uh, Bowie song was Roberto playing? Oh, I think he played Sound and Vision. Sound and Vision, David yeah. Bowie. And I got in, and neither of my boys were home. They must have gone off somewhere. I don't know where they went. Yeah. So I thought, Do you know what? Yeah. I've got that album. Have it. So I played Bowie's Low oh, on oh, final. Blimey, you were really getting into oh, the God. heroin era, weren't you? Yeah, I'm last. Flipping it. And uh, how many records have you still got then? Uh, I reckon we must have about 100. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I've got... My wife <laughs> hates it, but... Um, and that's why I got rid of... That's one of the many reasons I got rid of loads of them. I quite fancy well, buying a record player after all this talk, April and Ian, but uh, where am I going to put all the records? Because they do take up space, don't they? Well, you know I bought the boys a record player. It's only 40 yeah, quid. Yeah, that's what I wanted to buy. It's a really nice little, really nice little record player. It's, it's plastic and it's tinny, and it's not brilliant. It's 40 quid, though, and it's great. I mean, they, they broke it within two days, unfortunately. Well, but... this would be for me, not for the children. They yeah. can keep their hands off. Yeah. We it's... bought so that our little boy would have the experience of record playing. Yep. We bought him... Um, off eBay a long time ago, but one of those classic oh, oh. Fisher Price. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. With the Fisher, with all of the the, the five or six what the big plastic ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with the big like multicolour, the, the colour records with the little nicks mm-hmm. in that used to play. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I had one of those. So that he gets experience of. Nah, my I've got an old dance set record player from about 1963. What's your beef? I had one of those. Yeah, of course you did. Do you know what I did with it? What? Scratching. What <laughs> a dance set, you plump! I know. I hate myself for it. It was like a white leatherette from the 1960s. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's mine. my Auntie Linda's. She's going to go, well, she knows that I ruined it. But what a waste. But, I, I want that now. So I've got this, this record player. It's one of those ones where you can stack singles on if you want, all that stuff. And my boy, when he was, we were still living in the house, so he, he, was, he wasn't even three. Uh, he he was, would learn. He learned how to put records on and play. Because I got my first record player when I was about three. And he can put records on and play them. And he loves it. That's great. Oh, April, sound a little bit deflated there, April. <laughs> Just because I don't like um, giving you acknowledgement that I've received your emails. April, thank you very much indeed. We can do that. The last record that you played, last record I played was, oh, you won't have heard of it. It's by some uh, Christopher Cloud. You won't have known. Oh, it. Christopher Cloud. Oh, don't be a wow. player. Wow. Oh, now, hey, now you're, I love his stuff. Now you're being uh, sarcastic. Was it, was, it, was it Rainy Days with Christopher Cloud? I'm getting knotted. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's not sunshine times, no. Great track, though. A Buckinghamshire man says the NHS's refusal to remove excess skin left after weight loss surgery is ruining his life. Paul Thorne from Prince's Risborough lost 17 stone after the operation in 2007, but has been left with excess skin, which he says has stripped him of his confidence and any chance of getting a job. Well, Paul joins me now. Morning, Paul. Morning. So 2007, before you had the operation, how big were you and, and, and why did you feel that having a gastric band fitted was, uh, was, was essential? Well, first of all, it was a bypass, not a band. So. Thank you very much for correcting that. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Um, but um, basically, I was 30 stone uh, back in, uh, Dece- well, before December 2007, but I had the operation then. And it, 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 um, I just had the um, operation because I... Didn't like the I didn't like being thirty stone, and I've all, and I wanted to lose weight since I was sixteen. And and for those listening who who may not quite understand the complexities of this, why did it require surgery to lose weight? Why why couldn't you do it by more, by uh, more conventional methods? Because I was actually losing. I, I tried every single diet under the book. Yeah, Weight Watchers, um, cut, uh, 
bread diets and you know the carbon diets and all that. but um it just it just wasn't working out i'd lost about five stone and then i was gaining it again right but, with the gastric bypass, that, that stops you gaining it again. So what does, just explain to me what, the, what a gas, gastric bypass is and what it's supposed to do. Well, basically, um, they staple your stomach so it puts it to the size of a, probably about a golf ball. Yeah, but over, the, over, the, uh, over like 10 years, you can, um, it gains, you can gain the weight back again. Right. But um, at the beginning, it makes it to a golf ball, so you eat like small portions of yeah. food. Uh, regularly throughout the day. And did they give you any kind of counselling or psychological preparation for the, for the change it would bring you? Yes, they did. They they didn't say about the axis skin what would be left. Yeah. But, um, they um, I was uh, had to have regular counselling uh, throughout since um, back when I was twenty three. I've been seeing on and off psychiatrists, counsellors uh, up to uh, August this year. Good for you. And how much weight did you lose? Um, I went from 30 stone down to um, 10 stone. So. Flipping it. Yeah. You lost two-thirds of your body. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. And have you kept it off? I have, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the point. But <laughs> so what's the, what's the problem then, now? I've, uh, I've, I was left with... My whole, bo- whole of my body was uh, had access skin left there, where uh, the loose skin, what was left after the fat had been gone, uh, has gone... And uh, I had I had a tummy tuck done in Poland, which uh, removed the um, uh, access skin on my stomach. But I've been left with my lower half, so basically my buttocks, my back, my scrotum area, and um, and it's caught and it's still there, and it's causing sores, bleeding, bleeding, and everything like that. Blimey! And and how has that left you? Uh, how has that left you feeling? Um, it's basically left me feeling really depressed and down and and the ccg had actually promised uh, if i stuck to the two and a half year criteria of keeping my bmi and my weight down that they would actually fund the surgery but um and victoria derbyshire could um confirm that because she um i was on her show and she uh, she um, had the statement and she c- confirmed it on her show right well unfortunately Ms. derbyshire has left the bbc now but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll track her down we'll find that out um so it's left you feeling pretty lousy. It has, yeah. And is is it? Does it look obvious? Would, if I were to see you, would I would would I spot this? Not with my clothes on because it's all below below the waist. It's, so. it's, it's the buttocks and the scrotum, yeah. Yeah, which and I'm, I'm hoping, Paul. You sound like a nice fella. Yeah. I'm hoping I don't get to see those areas. No, I'm, no, please, because it's it's, it's going to affect me. Because I really, I've, I I I don't really want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've never had a girlfriend, right? And um, I'm looking, I've been looking to get a girlfriend, but I know it's, it's, it's going to affect, uh, when she sees the <laughs> effect of it, yeah, yeah. it's going to affect the uh, girlfriend and boyfriend relationship, I know that. Well, if you've not experienced it, you don't definitely know it. You, you, you know, there, 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 there's someone for everyone out there. If, if you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, and I don't you know, this is not what you're coming to talk about, but, um, you know, I'm sure that you, could, you would find someone that would accept you, you know, it, it's what's inside, isn't it? I know it's a cliche, but it's true. It's hard to uh, decide that, yeah, when everybody yeah. who has had, had a look at the Axis skin has looked at it in disgust, basically. And uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear you've had that reaction. That that yeah. that can't be good. Even my psychiatrist, yeah, my latest psychiatrist, I've seen so many. Yeah, um, 
as, as was looking at it like in disgust type thing. So. Gosh, well, uh, that's not a particularly uh, the helpful attitude from a psychiatrist of all people. Not really. No. Um, it, we've got a, we've got a statement from Aylesbury Vale uh, CCG. They say the uh, CCG is aware of this case, but we do not discuss individual details. We can advise, however, that uh, aesthetic surgery for the removal of rund- redundant skin after weight loss programmes will not normally be funded. So they're basically saying, jog on, fella. I know, that, I know that's what they've been saying for the seven years, and it's, it's just got me down in distress, and, and especially when I was promised after the, uh, after the surgery that if I would go to my... I don't know if I'm allowed to mention it. Well, don't mention any names or anything like that. No, that, 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 that would, no, wouldn't I be helpful. I don't but... mention the names, but like the hospital. Am I allowed to mention the hospital? No, probably best not to. Oh, OK, well, a hospital nearby then, local yeah. hospital. yeah. Uh, instead of going to a London one, yeah, I'd get the um, I'd get the full package done. Yeah, what I needed doing. Yeah, rather than just a tummy tuck. Yeah, but um, that's what I was told, and and it's just it's just it's getting too much now. It's um, I'm at the end of my tether now. It's it's a do or die situation now. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you mean by do or die? Well, basically, I've I've tried to take my life since January this year. Um, I, the serious one was mostly in January when I took, uh, I took antifreeze and I was on, uh, I was uh, taken to, uh, the hospital in Oxford for, um, dialysis and all that. And I, I recovered and then February again, I just, I did it again. And then April again, I did it again. And then, uh, up to, um, August, um, I took 80 fluxetine, which, the psychiatrist has written a letter saying that it was uh, I knew what I was doing and it wasn't serious, and uh, I did it deliberately, which I didn't. Type thing, and it's, it's, it's there's no support from the mental health at all. It, I've never had support. All they've done is make up problems that don't exist. Paul, I'm really sorry you feel you, you feel so lousy, and you feel that um, you know this has driven you to attempt to kill yourself. You, so you, who are you seeing? So you're seeing a psychiatrist. How often do you see them? Um, I'm not seeing them now. They've signed me off since my last attempt. Uh, uh, when I took the 80 fluxetine, the next day they come and saw me in the hospital and signed me off. The next day? Yep. I've got a letter even proving that. So <laughs> it, it, I, I can say it because I can prove it. Yeah. Have you got any support? Nope. No support at all. The CCG are just basically rejecting uh, not the last application but the, all the applications before that rejected it on uh, I had to see mental health and all that yeah and then they would consider it I was misdiagnosed with BDD that's an imaginary disorder that um, it's not imaginary it's there so mm. I can't have BDD this was from another psychiatrist it's, it's, it's just <clears throat> terrible that's body dysmorphia, isn't it? Yeah, body BDD. dysmorphic disorder, yeah. Well, that's, that's not an imaginary condition, is it? That's, that's a mental condition. No, but that's, um, they, they class it as, uh, the definition is it's an imaginary, yeah. Uh, right, OK. It's like a li- little pimple on your thing, yeah. You imagine yeah. it to be bigger than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well, it is. You, you, you're not seeing what everyone else is seeing. That's, that's no, it, isn't and it? no one else can <clears> see it because it's right in intimate places. But you know what I mean? I can see it, and yeah. it's too much. Um... You need to get some help, don't you? And, and, and I'm not necessarily speaking about the, the physical things here. I, I, I think the, the, the kind of the, the main concern for me, concern for me, uh, the, the concern for you is, is the mental thing. Because if you've had three attempts on your life this year, Paul, that's not... Um, it's more than three, it's about five. Right. Four or five, but... Um, and no one's helping you? 
No, it's not that. If I was to get the operation, yeah. it'd all go away. That's this it's just as simple as that. Would, would it go away though, Paul? Seriously? Because yeah, um, it would. Because I I felt more confident after I had the tummy tuck done yeah. and and the legs and the chest done. But um, I need to get the rest finished off so I can get on, move on with my life, get a job, start uh, start my life here. Because I've already lost my twenties as it is here, fighting this case here. And I just can't give up. I've tried. I've tried to give up, yeah. And I, I did give up, yeah. And then I end up taking my own life. That's the reason why now I've gone to publicity and all that. Because even if I can't get the funding off the CCG, I'd like to get it off of um, a, a, if a kind person will help or a charity or something maybe. But I've tried charities and yeah. don't seem to be a charity out there for obesity people. Paul, listen. Um, I'm a little bit worried about you. Are you, are you seeing a GP at all? Uh, no, they've, um, they, they're, they're basically, um, saying they want nothing more to do with me, because they've, they've stopped doing the okay. applications and everything. <laughs> All right, listen, Paul, we're going to have to move on, but, um, keep in touch, yeah? Okay, yeah. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. a little bit late, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the Great North Road, looking quite slow moving at the moment, heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabout. There's a lane closed on the M1 um, between Junction 13 for Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flittick. It's due to a broken down lorry there causing delays. Looking at the M25, that's very slow moving, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Taking a look at the trains and possible delays on Great Northern between Moorgate and Stevenage, also between Moorgate and Hartford North. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you for your patience and thank you, Simon, in advance for yours. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. Hopes of an Ebola vaccine have been dashed after the British company GlaxoSmithKline said a drug it was working on wouldn't be ready in time. And a Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. New Watford manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time at Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. English football is best football on the road and uh, this uh, change what is front of me it's very important change for personally for, for me. Club is in a good situation and it's thinking about uh, important things uh, from end of the season. And captain Troy Deeney could return after injury. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says he could rest midfielder Delhi Alley for the League One trip to Leighton Orient after midweek international duty. In League Two, leaders Wickham host AFC Wimbledon. Inform Luton make the long trip to Hartlepool. Striker Ricky Miller has been recalled from Dover after Ross Lafayette was ruled out following a hernia operation. And Stevenage host Accrington with Graham Westley's side down to 19th. Stevenage Football Club um, isn't Luton Town. Stevenage Football Club isn't MK Dons. Stevenage Football Club is a small football club 
that has to work very, very hard to create success. When things aren't going our way, we have to be very resilient, we have to be very constructive, we have to be um, very inventive, and we have to make sure that uh, we find answers to problems that other people might let get on top of them. And Wickham's Adams Park hosted the FA Women's Super League Continental Cup final last night with Manchester City beating Arsenal 1-0. In rugby, Bedford hosts the Welsh side Cross Keys tomorrow in their first home match of the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning return to the newly rebuilt Planet Ice Rink tomorrow evening after over a year of playing their matches in Coventry. The Lightning hosts Sheffield. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at 8. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, it's four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. What have we got for them to sink their teeth into? Oil, all, all kinds of stuff. We've got lots of coming through on record players, and I am very tempted. I, this has been bubbling away for a while. I was very tempted to buy a little record player, but I just don't. I haven't got room. Because you've got room. Yeah, but all the records. I've, I've seen your house yeah, now. I've seen that I've got loads of stuff, mostly not mine. Yeah, chuck the kids' stuff out, chuck the kids out, get records. Can you get it? I'll look after it for you at my house. Really? Yeah, yeah. How will I listen to it? Down the phone? I'll play it down the phone, yeah. Oh, that'll be uh, Skype. Dial a disc, isn't it? From, this is from Jean. Good morning, Ian. I have three record players. Good morning, Jean. My prized possession is the one that was once owned by... Uh, Billy Wobbles. No. Um, Snooks. No. Me. No. Paul McCartney. No. The what, King. No. What does it begin uh, with? Hang on. Back up. The King. Elvis Presley. That's what I'm saying. Yes, what? Ian. He gave it to a fan in 1962. I bought it from a museum. I love vinyl and I've well over gave, a thousand gave, albums. Gave what to a fan? A record player? Yes. She's got Elvis Presley's record player? Yes. I don't believe her. I'm sorry, Jean. Let me ring her. Yes. Over 900 are Elvis. I store them all in my Elvis music room. Crazy. Well, maybe. But music is my passion. El- she's got... Elvis Presley's record player? She's got Elvis Presley's record player. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't... She's got an Elvis room. I, I, you know, I've kind of got a monkey's room. Not allowed to call it that. It's called The Office. It's got a computer in. But, but really... But really, the computer's just there to cover up for the... It's to look at monkeys monkey on stuff. YouTube. <laughs> Isn't it? I cannot believe... That must have cost her, like, a million pounds. Well, she might be a squillionaire. She could be a squillionaire. Squillionaire, listen to this. They'll be listening to um, Radio 4 or Nick Ferrari, successful radio. Mm. They'll be listening to us bunch, bunch of losers, unless they're doing it to laugh at us and not in the good way. She's just changing a record. She's probably not listening to anything, really. No, She's just exactly. waiting for the next Elvis fix. Flipping heck, that's nuts, Hang on, isn't we're it? trying to ring her, I think. Well... D- I'm imagining Jean is a woman. Jean with a G, isn't it, if it's a man? Yeah. Oh, she's not picking no. up. She's listening to Elvis too, isn't she? Yeah, she's, real- oh, she's realised that her story is made of toilet paper and I'm poking holes through it with my uh, finger. Do you reckon? I reckon. Uh, yeah, you can talk to us at records. They're gonna re- record sales are going to uh, reach a million this year for the first time in about 20 years. Most of them in my house. They're not, I don't buy new records. What would I do that for? I'm not no, an idiot. it doesn't get them sent to work, so you can't see them. Oh, mate! Why did you have to go and say that? No, the stuff don't that I, do that. The stuff that I buy on eBay and I get sent here is so that my family don't know that I'm buying stuff on eBay. I'm going to fall down a hole. Hang on, let me climb out. <laughs> it's <laughs> the monkey's hole. Sorry? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can say monkey's hole. I just did. Yeah, well, you're going to get done by the PDSA. What? Or PETA. Mm. 
555. We're just talking to Paul Thorne. And Sheila in St Albans has called in about it. Morning, Sheila. Good morning. Uh, first of all, can I say Horrible Histories is great. Oh. It's the best. It's the best. Kath yes. keeps banging on about it. I've yeah. not got around to seeing it. Yesterday, yesterday, in five minutes, I learned all about the rise and fall of the Incan Empire. <laughs> I wish they'd done it when I was younger. Me too. Yeah. Right. Um, the... Nowadays, I think the uh, NHS tries to do a lot on what they call preventative medicine. Medicine? Med- medicine, yes. where they try and sort of stop something happening and, and costing more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this poor young man who's had this operation and it's worked, uh, if they were to give him... Well, if you think about all the time he's had since the operation, I guess we've been having to keep him. Um, because he's not working. I guess we probably paid for his psychiatrist, etc., etc. Surely it would be better if they are going to do the op and it does work and they give them that certain amount of time that we do the rest so that he can then turn around, go out, get a job, have a life, and um, that would be it. Part of me thinks, Sheila, I, I do think that uh, the, the, the pull to one side <clears throat> because he's not here. Yeah. Part of me thinks that these issues are—they're not—they're they're often not physical. They're, they are mental, and it's like it's like the, the boob job syndrome, which is a syndrome I've just made up, where uh, a, a woman is lacking confidence and she says, "Ah, oh, it's my boobs. If I just had." Mm-hmm. bigger boobs, I'd be confident and I'd love myself and people would like me. So they go and get the boob job and things don't change. And they go, no, no, Why? I need bigger boobs. If I just had bigger boobs than these ones, then people would like me and i have confidence and I'd get a job and I'd get a boyfriend. And they're never <laughs> satisfied because it's not the physical uh, issue that's necessarily the problem, it's the mental one. But, but have, I mean, have you not seen some of these... Uh programs where they show you people who've lost weight and then they've got this terrible saggy tummy oh, yeah, I've seen and legs. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I think if I'd got to that point where I'd perhaps lost all this weight and one thing or another and I was left like that, yeah. I think I'd think to myself, do you know what? I'd feel better when I was fat. If, if you see what I'm saying, you could, you know, how many women, including myself, don't like what they call bat wings, so I cover them up. A bat wings the same as bingo wings. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Just to clarify. Yeah. But but what I'm trying to say is I guess, you know, when you've lost that much weight, there is a hell of a lot of skin. And of course it does mean that it all flops and hangs and if it's making him sore and if it's bleeding, then what what we're we gonna have? Is he gonna turn around and get ulcers? So we've got to treat those. Do you see what I'm trying to that- say? I'm I'm thinking this is, could be an ongoing thing that is gonna cost us more than it would have done if he was able to have the operation and get rid of all his stuff. Well, you make a really good point there. I, I also, I want to come back to the bingo wings thing. Yeah. I think that we're in denial about what happens as we grow older. And actually, if more women just said, do you know what, this is just what happens to women's bodies. Yeah. And, and didn't cover up. Maybe we'd all realise that we've all got them, so let's stop being ashamed. It's a bit like, you know when you go on holiday and you yeah. dread getting your kit off to go on the beach? Yeah. And then you look around and you think, ah, oh, do you know what, if she's not bothered, I'm not bothered. Maybe it takes a bit of that. It does, because, I mean, I hate to say it, as you get older, lots of things happen. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do, like swollen ankles. Exactly. Your feet expand and you get all puffy. You know, I tend to sort of, you know, think to myself, oh, I'll cover that up, I won't wear a dress. And... It's called 
for a lot of it, is called growing old. Exactly. Like, so when got... did we think that we had to look like 18-year-olds <laughs> when we're 65? No, so this female, especially female body shame, really drives me absolutely crackers. If you say female body shame, but th- I have noticed in the last few years there is more of a trend yeah. towards it for men as yeah. well. You yeah. know, to, the, the, with the rise of all these kind of... The, the demise of the lads mag and the rise of the metrosexual and those kind... <laughs> the, it, the men yeah. are f- feeling more pressure yeah, they like feel that. that. they've either got to be super skinny or really muscly. But yes, it's mm. predominantly a female thing at the moment. Yeah, of course and, it is. And let's face it, we all know that you can't have all muscly men because they too have body shapes like women. You know They're what? tall and thin and wide and fat. And when I see a muscly man, I do think, gosh, you spend a lot of time on yourself. What In about everybody else, you know? <laughs> Sheila, yes. you're an old dear. When, uh, sorry? Yes, I'm, I'm very dear, but I'm... <laughs> Well, do you do you still play records, or have you chucked your records out? I have got a dance egg under the bed in the oh. other room, and I have got some finals. And uh, when was the last time you pulled it out and dusted it off? Oh gosh, <laughs> mate, ages ago. For so heaven's sake, do not give it to a ten-year-old because they'll only do scratching no. on it and ruin it. I, I've got another one which is set in the cabinet. You know what I mean? Where you can play all the uh, different uh, records because some of the new the radiogram. Uh, no, no, not quite like that. Okay. But, yeah, but I think there was. <coughs> excuse me. I think there was some record players came out where they didn't play. Is it all of the types like yeah. the forty fives and the thirty threes and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Sheila, do us a favour. Dust it off today and go and, go and have a little boogie. Right, I'll do, do that. Honestly, go and have a put it on. Put it on too loud. Yes. Be fourteen years old again. What would you be playing today if you did that? Um, the Stones. Oh, Where Sheila! Sheila, please, I want you to, do, I beg you to do this. Dust it off, put the Stones on way too loud and become that 14-year-old rebel again. <laughs> yeah. Give us a call on Monday and let me know you did it. OK, then. Thank you, Sheila. Everybody, dust off your old record players, put the Stones on way too loud, have the neighbours bang in the wall. Mark's emailed him. Morning, Ian. Good to hear you're sharing your record interest with the kids. When are you and Catherine doing another Bring Records In Day, like once a month? Right, we're going to do it. One Friday a month, we're going to bring in records and just play records. I haven't got any records. Well, then it's going to be all I monkeys. Know. No, no, no. I'll tell you where my records are. Yeah. My mum and dad's. When are you going up there? Oh, there you go. They're, they're, around the, the they're around the corner from you. I'll go on right. a raid. OK, uh, next Friday, then, we'll do it. Next Friday will be the, the first monthly uh, record Friday. You asked for it. Yeah, we're going to have it. That's a brilliant idea, Mark. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1 heading southbound. There's a lane closed at the moment. It's all due to a broken down lorry between Junction 13 for Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flitwick. So it's looking very heavy on camera at the moment. Taking a look in Hemel Hempstead, the A41, that's looking very slow moving between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and Junction 20 for the M25. The A1M also looking quite slow moving, heading southbound just around Junction 2 for Wellham Green. And the M40, there's a lane blocked at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 at Loudwater following an accident there. Also delays on Great Northern trains between Stevenage and Moorgate, also between Hartford North and Moorgate due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Oh, people of beds, hearts and bucks, go and play records too loudly today. Be 14 years old, even if it is for three and a half minutes. Right, 7.46, it's Friday the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. 
Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And a Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Coming up, more of your calls, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, some of us having a bright start to the day and sunny spells on the way as well. It should be largely dry, although we can't rule out the odd shower here and there, but most of us shouldn't see those. Um, the cloud does build a little more during the afternoon, um, but we should still have uh, some sunshine in uh, intervals at least. Um, but quite a noticeable south to southwesterly wind with temperatures reaching high teens, possibly in the right spot at the right time. We've got, uh, we could get a 20. Uh, tonight, a fairly cloudy night with patchy rain lows between 15 and 17 degrees celsius and that is actually much warmer than we'd expect for our daytime highs at this time of year so a warm start to saturday a fairly cloudy day generally a bit of uh, patchy rain in the afternoon it's going to be quite a blustery weekend so although still quite mild it may be that it doesn't feel quite like the temperatures being registered but we could get a 20 uh, tomorrow uh, sunday still some of that rain lingering for some of us but uh, otherwise a clearer day uh, with sunshine and showers, a fairly blustery still. Uh, Monday, similar but fewer showers, but it's not till Monday night that we start to see the remnants of ex-Hurricane Gonzalo. Uh, but really, we're just looking at a bit more wet and windy weather, which is not really unusual for October. That's your latest forecast. Every Saturday from 12. Great songs you haven't heard for years. Justin Dealey. This still sounds incredible. Jay has texted me. This one's for you. Coming up today, we go back to the 70s for our golden oldie rundown. Let's get that jukebox open. Two hours of great music and great memories. She says, this reminds me of when I used to go to the Unicorn Pub in Leighton Buzzard. We are playing the UK charts from this day back in 1970. Martin in Woven Sands has texted me. It was first recorded by Richard Chamberlain in 63. Justin Dealey. Spread the word two hours of great songs and great memories. Every Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Hang on a second. We probably... Probably... Probably should have one of these as well. This is Catherine Boyle. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just checking where that file is so I know which one to delete. Harried. Maffin Hanslope sent uh, me a text. No, I sent you a text. Ian, good luck to Paul. This this is the story this morning. I mean, a story. It's a man's life um, that uh, has got a lot of comeback from the the listeners this morning. Good luck to Paul, says Maffy. He's got to get his head sorted more urgently than the spare skin, though. His family and friends will see beyond the appearance. appearance. The surgery's taken part one and can help best with part two, but... Then part three is sorting your own mind out. This is from Maff in Hanslow. Look, we don't know the real ins and outs no. of all this, do we? Um, but there are plenty of people offering help and advice, and mostly people just feel desperately sad that it's come to this for him. Uh, we've got Carol on the line. Should we go to Carol? Morning, Carol. Hello there. Can you hear me OK? I can hear you absolutely perfectly. It's the best line we've had all day. What, what, um, what do you want to say to I us? I just heard your story with Paul. I just caught bits of it. Yeah. Um, but the thing being is, I'm 48 years of age. I suffered very bad depression. So, so bad that I did take my own life several times. 
Um, I would say it's more for a cry for help, but um, I know the man isn't, he's not depressed as such, but he wants something done with um, his skin, loose skin. Mm. But um, I, I, it wasn't that I, I got the right help, I believe now, but um, I went somewhere which his doctor has to recommend, and it's somewhere called Beacon House in Dunstable. Why does that name ring a bell? It's in Regent Street. Yeah. Um, it has to be recommended. I hope I'm okay to mention it. Well, we've, we've mentioned it now, so oh, yeah. Oh, so sorry. No, that's and, um, all right. And um, I, I, I... What, what, did, what do they do there? How did they help well, you? Well, what it was, I saw a psychiatrist doctor, Shard. He he put me on a different medication called Val... Am I allowed to mention it? Oh, yeah, well, you can mention the medication, yeah. Well, it's Valifaxine. Yep. I was on what that man was on. Did he say proxetine? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I actually took those as well. But do you know that they, they won't actually kill you, really, in... A lot of the anti- this is the thing, guys. A lot, of, and but you know, uh, this isn't medical advice. So, but a lot of the antidepressants now they don't they can't kill you, <clears throat> even if you take two hundred of them, they they can't. No, because I took Falafaxine thirty of them, mm. and I, I got scared. I walked down to the L and D, but after I got in there, um, I didn't me- remember anything else, mm. and all I can remember, a doctor was trying to take some blood, but what it can do, those ones make you have like a seizure which is what happened. Why did you ever... Have you worked out... <clears throat> for some people it's obvious, for some people it's, it's uh, elusive. Did you work out why you were so depressed? Was it an incident? Well, was it is, chemical? Was uh, it genetic? Yeah, it's genetic. Right. Really. I had a very bad dysfunctional family life. When I was a child, I, um, my mum drank, my dad died at two, and there's six of us. And there's only my big brother, Chris. He was like a dad to us all. And um, because of... He used to come when there was violence in the family. I... I was very nervous, you see, when I used to go home. Mm. Very nervous of what I might find. And I always knew if the curtains were closed, my mum, I wouldn't be getting my dinner from school. If the curtains were open, the window, I knew things were going to be okay. Now, Gosh, that's a lot of pressure on a young child, isn't it? Oh to, to, be, have to, to having to be interpreting yeah. signals. Yeah, there were six of us. And um, my sister Julie is going for a really rough time. I'm trying to help her, but... I've been told, and you see, I didn't realise this, you've got to protect yourself. Mm. This is why I think, I was running around helping everyone, and this is when my low mood comes, because I just get totally exhausted. Mm. You understand? And, oh, um, yeah, you have to put, you have to set, learn to set boundaries and put yourself, your boundaries. Yeah, that is such a good word. And, and look after yourself first. Yeah, but honestly, I lost two stone, because if it weren't, you, you know people, I love cat, I got a cat called Parker. And what'd you call the cat? What, what'd you call the cat Parker for? My da- my my son done it. Fantastic. Where did he Where did he get that name from? Did he just come up with it? Park- yeah, he did because it was given to him by a friend when he was eight years old I, as a birthday present. I wasn't asked, but now I'm, I'm stuck with him as such. But I love him to bits because he sort of was there when I was depressed and I stayed yep. in bed seven days. I stayed in bed with no eating, nothing. You know, just drinking water and taking. I have something called quantitiping, which supposedly helps me sleep and mm. i just thought i just want to sleep and sleep and the days well oh, listen carol i've been up and down with depression Oh, right. And my, uh, so I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, and there were periods when uh, my cat, I wouldn't say saved my life necessarily, but because I was responsible for my cat, I had to get up and, know, go, and go and feed the cat at the very, very least. So I had to get up twice a day, if, no, if nothing you know else. What? You're so right there, big call. It's put, sorry. And um, yes, and he had to go out for his toilets and stuff, you know? Mm. And then I rattle my keys and he comes back. I wanted, oh. I wanted him to come back because I don't have a cat flat. And I wanted him back. Because I didn't want to be on my own. Yeah. And you see, what this has 
So Beacon House, Dr Shard. Mm. I don't know. It has to be recommended, though. OK. Well, we'll, we'll listen, Carol, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And, and, are, you, are you OK now? Are you, are you feeling yeah. OK I know today? I not much time because you've probably got to do things. But the other place I'm going to is, is, is a thing called Reclaim Life. Oh. They're a charity... And the lady I'm seeing is called... OK, well, don't, don't give us her name, because she may not want it mentioned on the radio. But how, how are you feeling today, Carol? you all right? No, I'm, 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 I'm better. I'm going to see uh, Mind as well, and yeah. I've never been there, so hopefully they're going to help me as well. But I just say to that poor man, he needs to get his mind in straight. If he recognises that that's a problem... Because I'm sure you're aware, some people don't don't, uh, and it may not. But I, I, listen, I, he's not here. I don't know. But but that's one of the the the, the, the stumbling blocks for a lot of people is they don't recognise actually no. they, they they their mind is part of the problem. It only feels like now I'm 48 that um, my life is I'm waking up to it all. Well, good for you. We'll enjoy and it then. The only one thing is is really sad is that my daughter. I've got two beautiful grandchildren, and she's not letting me see them. And I'm so I'm going to try today, but with some help but I love them to bits and she's keeping Why won't she let you see them? Because there's certain issues because she's with a, a violent boyfriend oh, who's trying to help and she, he's not with her supposedly but she, it's, I it's... went there and she won't even open the door and I can hear my, my granddaughter Nanny Carol Nanny Carol and I really oh, want mate. to see them well, again, it's, it goes back to that thing of setting boundaries, doesn't it? And you have to protect yourself and hopefully, hopefully, sure. at some point... She, yeah, she hopefully will... she'll 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 see that she that you know that she needs you and um okay then i know you haven't got a lot of time but do say that about beacon house and yep. rain morgan she helped me and i'm going to get more help and also reclaim life okay carol listen thank you very much indeed for that if you're listening you're more than welcome to take that advice on board or not as you want aren't um, everybody's got a story man and i'm so glad that carol had the courage to speak up about it it's not something we should be hiding <clears throat> everybody's got a story haven't they haven't they just oh eight four five nine four double five five double five? Let's move on to slightly lighter things. Apparently, well, I say, I say lighter. Fifty-eight is the age when we're most contented. Yes, that's that's um, sixteen years away for me. That's that's four years away for you. That is outrageous. We get ha- not true. We get happier rather than grumpier with age. Nah. Or do we just get used to it? Until we find our greatest contentment at 58, according to a survey. All right, well, here we go then. Are That's the age. We won't have time for this now, I'm afraid, Kelly. We'll have to do it later. That is the age at which we finally managed to get the work-life balance right, the research suggests. Well, it also found that the age associated with the greatest stress is 35 as people juggle the pressures of a young family. So it should be getting... E- we, we, we've, let's be honest, we, we both crossed that 35 hill some time yeah, ago. No, two years ago. Just a while ago, mate. So it should all be downhill for us now in terms of stress and um, anxiety and approaching joy. Apparently. If you're 58, can you give us a ring and tell us it's all going to be better? (laughs) Yes, we want specifically... By the way, I was just telling Kelly that that was Jean who claims to own Elvis Presley's record player. I want to give her a a good grilling. We only had a minute and I want to give her a good grilling. Uh, Yes, if you're 58 years old... Uh, or just past it, was 58 the most content that you've ever been? Really? Surely it's all over by then, isn't it? What are you going to do then? I'm going to be so I'm going to be so grumpy when I get old. I'm really looking forward to being an old man. Then you'll have an excuse. I, I don't. I don't even need an excuse. I don't even <laughs> need an. I want to be an old man. I'm going to have a walking stick that's a little bit too short for me, yeah. and I'm going to be wagging at kids at the bus stop. In your face. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
One lane's closed at the moment on the M1, causing delays heading southbound between Junction 13 at Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flittick. Due to a broken down lorry there, looking very slow on camera. The M1, London bound, that's heavy between Junction 9 at Redbourne and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise is queuing on the sensors at the moment between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. The M40 itself heading northbound is blocked at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater following an accident there. So far, checking on the trains, delays on Great Northern between Stevenage and Moorgate. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. So we're talking records. What was the last record you played? Can anybody say that? Come on, just dust off your record players and have a boogie. And there's something else as well, but I forgot. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, North Hearts planning for loot and overspill. Investigations continue after Milton Keynes' jewellery theft and Buckinghamshire man wants further weight loss surgery. BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire which would also accommodate the needs of Luton under government legislation. Three sites containing over 2,000 homes have been identified in the village of Cockneau and elsewhere to the east of Luton. North Hearts District Councillor David Levitt told this programme it's hard enough meeting their own needs. It has to be close to Luton, it has to have the good transport links, and it, it sort of limits you around a lot. You don't fancy this? Um, I'm not keen on it. It's difficult enough to meet our own needs. Our own homes are going very much around Baldock, Letchworth, Royston um, and the villages. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. Around a million pounds worth of jewellery was stolen from Leslie Davis jewellery in the centre MK after thieves started a fire as a diversion. Two months ago, three shops in Watford's Harlequin Centre were robbed by a gang who set light to cars in a nearby street as a diversionary tactic. The UN Secretary-General has made an urgent appeal for funds to tackle Ebola after a billion-dollar UN appeal raised just $100,000, or £62,000. The British company GlaxoSmithKline says a vaccine against Ebola that it's been working on now won't be ready in time to help fight the current outbreak. A Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Paul Thorne from Princess Risborough had surgery in 2007, but health authorities in Aylesbury Vale say aesthetic surgery after weight loss programmes is not normally funded. Tam Fry is from the National Obesity Forum. There's no guidance on this, uh, and that, is, I think, is an error from the National Institute of Clinical Excellence. Uh, they just worry about the operation. But it is absolutely important important that anybody contemplating bariatric surgery is told by the doctors and physicians and surgeons that there will be a long-term effect of the surgery. Sales of albums on vinyl are expected to be more than one million by the end of this year, reaching a figure in the UK that hasn't been achieved since 1996. More from Daniel Mann. Almost 800,000 vinyl albums have already been sold this year and three of the top ten bestsellers are re-releases by Led Zeppelin. For some, vinyl is regarded as the best way to listen to music and the larger artwork of the long-playing album is also preferred to the compact disc. 
Pink Floyd, Oasis and the Stone Roses are among the best sellers. And while AM by Arctic Monkeys is number one, just two albums in the top ten were released in 2014. However, the vinyl revival is for the minority. The format accounted for 1% of album sales last year. For downloads, it was more than a third. In sport, Watford captain Troy Deeney could return after injury for tomorrow's trip to Sheffield Wednesday. New manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells, clouding over this afternoon though with some rain this evening, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Mark Nevin from Fairground Attraction and finding out why central Bedfordshire libraries want you to borrow humans and not books. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC local radio today on bbc three counties radio what a great idea a shoe built on blocks i'll call them blocker boots we'll sell a million This show is now officially sponsored by Blocker Boots. We got the Blocker Boots contract. Catherine, good news. Excellent. I had to work so hard to get that. I know you did. I know you did. Can I take them off now? Uh, uh, unfortunately, no. Ah. We all have to wear these darned Blocker Boots if we want to get that buck. Morning. This is Ian Lee. That's Catherine Boyle. That's yeah. Kelly Betts. There we go. 08459 455 555. But why would you call? Well, we're asking when was the last time you played a record. I want someone to go, I want people to dust off their record players today and just be 14 again. There's something, there's something naughty about playing records. There's something exciting, especially if they're really loud. Oh, oh man! Yeah. Love, and the fact well, you got, you got, the, you're holding the record. It's not, it's not even opening a drawer and a CD. Look, I'm open a drawer and a CD player, and it's just. Do you know what I like? Soulless. Look when you get that. the vinyl out of the sleeve, that smell, that little oh, whoosh. Beautiful. We're asking that. What else are we? Are else? you 58? Call me now. 08459 If you're 58, you're, you're, you're at your most content that you will ever be. Do you want to hear some boasting from Sue in Aylesbury? Well, let, um, shall I press the end of this? No. Okay, fine. Do it over the top. Yeah. Be 14. Turn it louder. Pump it, pump it. One, two, three. Yes. 58 is a great age. My husband had retired. We're bringing up three of our grandchildren, the youngest being eight, and we recently lost our son. Hang on a minute. Whoa. However... Whoa, hang on a minute. We still have a great life and the children keep us young. My youngest grandson thinks you're great and it's the only reason he gets up for school so early so he can listen to you first. There we go! That's nice! Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Two great tweets. Two massive tweets. First one from Andrew... Have you seen that picture that that Andrew's just... um, I've just retweeted it. Um, A man enjoying his highway hi-fi system. It's a guy in the 1960s, got a record player in the car. 
Nice. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, and then Scott has uh, tweeted, uh, guys, when is the big tour coming to Uxbridge? I don't think I don't think that's... What would is it that not Bed, be? Is and Buxbridge? <laughs> no, so it's not. Unfortunately, Scott, that's that's uh, not going to be... Um, that's not going to be happening. But we could send out a scouting party, couldn't we? Um, we, I mean, no, we, 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 we really couldn't. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We need some fifty-eight-year-olds to tell us why it's so good. Now, more than twelve thousand homes could be built in Hertfordshire, partly to mop up the overspill from Luton. North Hearts District Councils identified three sites to the east of the town with a view to housing more than two thousand families that Luton Borough can't. Well, Councillor Tom Shaw is in charge of housing at Luton Borough Council. Tom, why should North Hearts consider helping to meet Luton's housing needs? Well, first of all, a lot of people from North Hearts come and employ... You know, they're in employment in Luton. They work at the airport, Roxholes, all them kind of places. So I'm pleased that North Hearts have recognised through the neighbourliness criteria that they're going to uh, help us in Luton. I was at another meeting last night with Central Beds where they learned the North Luton plan, nothing to do with Luton, and there's absolutely no assistance coming out of that, that plan for Luton. So I'm pleased that North Arts has sat down and talked to us and they recognise the need in Luton. We spoke to uh, David Levick, uh, who's a North Hearts District uh, councillor. He seemed a bit miffed with the whole thing and he wasn't particularly happy with it. Uh, some of them won't be happy with it, but at the end of the day, we've got 90 people in bed and breakfast. We have got nearly a 1,000 people in temporary accommodation. Uh, we've got all the jobs in Luton. North Arts has recognised the fact that a lot of the people what work in North Arts actually come to Luton for employment, so they're trying to assist. But a lot of the other councils around us are offering no assistance at all, but they still want the jobs. But that's called commuting, isn't it? I mean, that, 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 that happens in all kinds of places. People should be allowed to come and work in Luton if they don't live in Luton. I was just saying, I couldn't agree with more, Ian, but like, the meeting was at last night with the North Luton one, was all the highways improvements actually stop on the edge of Luton. You know what it's like on the A6 and Sunderland Park Road in the morning. We're going to end up with 3,000 more houses coming into the town from the, uh, down those roads. There's already chaos down them. North Arts have recognised an awful lot of this. I think their plan's not a bad plan. It'll help us with our housing need in Luton and it'll help create more jobs on that side of the town so people aren't commuting right across the town. As I say, we, we, uh, we spoke to uh, David Levitt, who is the, the, uh, the, the North Hearts District Council's portfolio holder for planning and enterprise, so he's, he's kind of quite high up in the chain there. Yeah. He didn't sound particularly happy. He said he was kind of doing it, you know, his, his, his arm had been uh, forced slightly. If they don't approve the plans for the 2,000 homes, if they are just paying lip service, what, what effect will that have on you, Tom and Luton? It's a massive effect. Uh, say we're getting no assistance at all off central beds. North Arts recognise the need. Uh, our numbers are just going up and up and up. We're, all, we're already taking over office blocks. One not too far from you to change into Tempe housing. There isn't much more we can do in Luton. The government has actually put in that other councils should cooperate with each other. We need that cooperation off North Arts. We can't expect those councils to take the jobs in Luton but give us no assistance with housing the people. You mentioned you're turning office blocks into temporary housing. It, uh, yeah. Maybe I'm being an idiot. Why can't you turn office blocks into permanent housing? Because there's, at the moment there's a window of opportunity where you can get an office block in, 
it'll be ten thousand for ten years. Our big problem at the moment is people who have been repossessed and everything else that come forward, register his housing, need emergency accommodation. We pay through the nose for bed and breakfast in hotels and everything else. So the plan is by changing some of these office blocks we will actually be putting them into accommodation so we there's, control, there's no, it's not, and it won't cost as much. So it's not possible to turn those into permanent apartments? It may well be, yes. Uh, but at the moment, the big, big need we've got is uh, for the temporary accommodation while people's cases are being investigated. There can't be anything worse for a family than being sat in a bed and breakfast in an hotel yeah. for a number of weeks when we, it's possible... But- there's window opportunity to give them a flat to live in. For if that you, time. Well, but hang on, this is why I'm confused. If you build, if you turn these office blocks in, into flats, then the problem of, of people in bed and breakfast that that pressure would be eased slightly, wouldn't it? It will. That's what we're doing. Well, they, but yeah, if you turn the... into bed and breakfast, so we're yeah. leasing the office blocks for ten years. Right. Okay. So I see. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be an overnight for ten years. Yeah. You can, and you can, uh, you can, you can buy those office blocks and turn them into into um, uh, 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 affordable housing, social housing. If we could afford the office blocks to buy them, where you know people want millions, and what they're prepared to do, as long as we can pay them the rent for the people that are living in there, they'll do the conversions in the office blocks for us, lease them to us for ten years, we manage it and everything. And that way, people avoid bed and breakfast. Is it could bit... go on for twenty years. Yeah. It could go on for thirty is that years. A bit sh- is that a bit short-sighted, though? Shouldn't shouldn't um, uh, councils and and uh, the government shouldn't shouldn't councils be investing in the long-term future 100% of housing? One hundred percent agreement. Well, then then, then buy this... these buy these office blocks. Uh, there's only one little problem with that. Yeah. The money. You've got about fifty million quid in the bank, haven't you, Luton Council? Fifty million pound. We haven't got fifty million pound in the bank. I wish we had. But a lot of that's got to be kept to reserves. The government says you've got to keep a certain it's amount of reserves. It's not far off 50 million quid in the reserves, but this is, is it? housing money. And excuse me one minute, the big microphone pass. This is housing money. And housing, because it's a, an housing project, is uh, restricted by what you can use what's called the HRA for. Right. And that's what we're doing. All right, Tom. Listen, nice to talk to you, mate. Thanks very much. No problem at all, mate. Cheers, there we go. It's uh, Tom Shaw. Um, I was left a little bit confused there. It's probably far more complicated than my uh, delicate, uh, beautiful, fragile little brain can handle. But um, 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 uh, buy the office blocks, turn them into social housing. Boom. There you go. Wallop. What's next? Can't be. It couldn't be that simple, could it? Because, because, because then they would have done it, wouldn't they? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, slap on the wrist. I called a councillor mate. That's inappropriate. Elvis is on the line. Good mo- Oh no, not not Elvis. It's Jean. Good morning, Jean. Hello, Ian. You reckon you've got Elvis Presley's record player? Yeah. Don't believe it. Don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I'm sitting looking at it now. And how do you know it's Elvis Presley's record player? It was given to a lady in 1962 who lived at the back of Graceland. Um, her father used to service all Elvis's cars. Her father used to service Elvis, and so service she... Service his cars. Cars, yep. And can can she... you turn your radio off, Jean? Otherwise we get oh, that. Sorry. We get the Larson effect. <laughs> There we go. Sorry, I ah, thought it was off. There we go, that's better, go on. Um, yeah, her, her father used to service Elvis's cars, yeah. and she was on crutches. Yeah. And she went round to see Elvis one day with a friend. It was December the 28th, 1962. Sorry, December the 27th. Get it right, yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it, it was reported in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Um, and he asked her if um, she liked his latest record, 
and she said she hadn't got a record player. So he went upstairs, he chatted to her for about ten minutes. All right. Went upstairs and uh, gave her this portable four-speed record player. And how... OK, so how did you get it? I'm... I've been an Elvis fan since I was nine. Oh, dear. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> now, now. Now, now. Steady. Now, now. Steady. <laughs> Um, and so I've got a lot of contacts, and I know someone who he did have an Elvis museum yeah. in Worthing. Oh. And I went down and saw everything in the museum, and I loved the record player. Yeah. And when he eventually sold up the museum, he gave me first refusal. Now, am I allowed to ask how much Elvis Presley's record player cost you? I'll tell you off air. Oh. Well, what I will say yeah. is... It was cheaper than buying a pair of his boots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're married or if you've got family, but did, did, did your family go, oh, flipping heck, Gene, you're not spent... How much have you spent on a record player? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they were weaned on Elvis, yeah. my two sons. Yeah. Kelly actually knows me. Oh. So she oh. can prove... My, Kelly, can you prove that Gene's not a fruitcake? Listen, my daughter... Oh, I know who Gene is. My daughter-in-law is your aunt. Yeah. Oh, so I I'm see. I'm not that mad, am I? No. Oh, well, actually, Gene yeah. is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Jean, listen, speak to Kelly off-air. Tell us how much that um, that record player costs. We won't mention it on air, but I'm, I'm intrigued to find out. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking rather slow moving at the moment on the Great North Road, just at the Black Counts at roundabouts. The M1 heading southbound, a lane's closed off at the moment due to a broken down lorry, just between Junction 13 for Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flitting. Having a look in Hemel Hempstead, the A41's looking rather heavy moving on the sensors this morning, between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and Junction 20 for the M25. The M40 heading northbound, there's a lane closed due to an accident between Junction 2 at Beckinsfield and Junction 3 for Loud water and disruption at the moment on Great Northern between Stevenage and Moorgate and between Hartford North and Moorgate is all due to some signalling problems. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I've just been told the price of the Elvis Presley record player. If it was, if it's genuine and there's proof that it's genuine I'd probably pay that. That's a bargain. You could buy a nice, you could buy a nice second-hand small car for that I think. Right, it's 8.17. It's uh, Friday the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And a Buckinghamshire man says he's been fighting for seven years to get surgery to remove excess skin following a gastric bypass. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Morning. Oh, what's going on there? Oh, that's still going on. We'll stop that. There we go. Right, excellent. Stop. Oh, I thought I thought you'd uh, chosen some special music for me. No, you don't. You don't deserve special music. Branded music. No, that's not happening. Oh. Nope, sorry. You don't deserve it. Oh, sorry. Charming. You're very welcome. What's on your show today? Coming up at uh, nine this morning, should Ched Evans be allowed to play football again now he's served his prison sentence? At five o'clock this morning, 25-year-old footballer and convicted rapist Ched Evans was released from prison. He served two and a half years of a five-year sentence after being convicted of having sex with a 19-year-old girl who was too drunk to consent. 
Ched's girlfriend and family, they protest his innocence and believe he should be allowed to return to football to play for his club, Sheffield United. However, nearly 150,000 people have signed an online petition calling for him to never play football again. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Now he's been released from prison. Should he be allowed to play football again? I mean, he's served his sentence. Is it time to let him get back on and do his job? I heard an interesting argument, actually, from somebody saying that if we let him go back and play football, he'll be paying lots of tax. Mm. He'll therefore be putting stuff constructive back into society. That's a good thing. That would be a way of him kind of paying back for what he's done. Would you agree with that? 08459 555555. I'd like your view at nine. Oh, get ready for an afternoon full of excitement. Oh, it's an amazing goal. Samwood has just clinched the goal of the season award. Free County Sport is here from two with unrivaled coverage of all our local teams. How about that for Mattia Fitra? Wickham, Stevenage, MK Dons, Watford and Luton are all in action. We'll bring you all the build-up, live commentary and all the reaction after the final whistle. We look a sloppy time today, but we've won 2-0. Free County Sport. Tomorrow from 2, here on BBC Free Counties Radio. Now, people who've been complaining for years about a squat near Watford say they are pleased that something is finally being done about it. In May, hundreds of people descended on the site in Otterspool Lane for a rave and a girl was sexually assaulted. And last week, armed police were called to arrest a man for wielding a sword. A court hearing regarding any possible eviction takes place next week. Tony, uh, Tony Fisher's been looking into this. You've visited the site, haven't you, Tony? Yes, I have, Ian, and some people I've spoken to describe it as a horror movie. I'd agree with that. I saw rats, open sewers. The actual property itself is like a crack den inside. The dust everywhere, furniture piled up. The owner, a vulnerable old man, was in bed. There were various shacks around the property. Uh, there was a large dog on chains. I've heard that other dogs have since been removed. Um, when I went round there, there were young girls. Uh, there was a young boy, Eastern Europeans, uh, and there was a man of um, Spanish extraction who actually came out and basically I asked him if we could come in and he let us in. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are people saying about it? Well, they're saying there's uh, drug dealing going on there, expensive cars are putting up outside, then going away. They're saying that uh, the uh, people there ran a pipe down the side of a cottage with sewage. Uh, the whole thing was a nightmare. There was a small bay pony that vanished at the same time that a sack of remains was found in a field, and the theory is that the dog attacked it. Uh, people say that ladies are nervous walking their dogs past. There are dogs that you don't want to cross, they say. Uh, police don't seem to take their concerns seriously enough. Um, and people would just like to know what's going on there for their own safety. Um, a lot of people on the site uh, are runaways, they say, or children where the parents don't seem to care about them. Um, it all got out of hand, though, when there was a rave back in May. Uh, this person I spoke to is too scared to be identified, so her words are spoken by one of our colleagues here. We had a police helicopter flying round. A young girl got raped. Eventually, the police closed off Otterspool Lane. Then we had groups of young people congregating in Berrygrove Lane, causing trouble, stopping cars coming down, frightening people, banging on the cars. They kept us awake all night long. Music was so loud you could hear it inside the property with the windows shut. 
Now, that lady there mentioned rape. Hearts Police say a 20-year-old woman was seriously sexually assaulted at a rave on Sunday, May the 18th. The man was subsequently arrested and has been released with no further action. OK, so what are the authorities saying officially? Well, both Hertfordshire County Council, which owns some of the land that the squat is on around the squat, and Hartsmere Borough Council say they've received complaints about it. Uh, Hertfordshire County Council says its Children's Services is working closely with Hearts Police and Hartsmere Borough Councils to establish the identities of the young people frequenting the site and to ensure that any under-18s are safeguarded and return to their parents or placements as soon as possible. Uh, the council says it first became aware there were squatters on its land on the 21st of May. Uh, that's just after the rave took place. In July, they say they placed protection notices on the site, which required the occupiers to leave. Um, following non-compliance with this notice, we made an application, they say, to Watford County Court for a hearing to seek an eviction order. Uh, that hearing, we just found out, takes place next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartsmere Borough Council says our environmental health issues. These haven't been quantified. There's been a regular dialogue between our environmental health department and a few of the nearby households where complaints have been raised over a range of themes, including noise, nuisance, rats, drains, I would imagine uh, that people living there have probably had enough. Have they, living nearby? Yes. Uh, I've been told residents have written to the local councillors about it. I've contacted one or two of them, not heard back, but one per one of the councillors didn't even know about it. Oh. Um, yes, people just want, to want those on the site evicted, taking the shed down, remove the mats running around during the day, just clean it up, they say. This person, Brian Hyde, knows the area well. It's just unbelievable how uh, a house in the countryside, so-called countryside, can be allowed to be run in such a way. Um, and I take it that there's homeless people, um, you know, I'm not saying anything, but, but I think there's drugs going on there. Um, and the noise, and the noise level... Uh, can be heard at some point, you know, a half a mile to a mile away. It shouldn't be allowed. And Ian, it's not just people living in the area who've had enough. People on the site, they say that people on the site say they receive food prepared at the nearby Hare Krishna temple. Oh, okay. A spokesperson for the Back to Devanta Manor said, We do not support the establishment of this settlement under any circumstances. We feel its presence is detrimental to the local community and would support its closure. Every Hare Krishna temple serves food free of charge on its premises and anyone visiting the temple is welcome to take part. Whilst we allow the local branch of the charity Food for Life to use our kitchens to prepare their food for distribution, we do not support the distribution of food where it would encourage antisocial behaviour such as the settlement in question. Tony, thank you very much. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Tony Fisher. 08459 455 555 is the story if you want to give us a call. We're looking for a 58-year-old or someone who has been 58. Isn't Tony 58? Sorry? Are you 58? Long time ago. Are you 58? Um, no, no, I'm 35. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, 35 years. All right, boss. He's grinding. I know, he's, he's twerking. Wow. That oh, proves he's 58. 35 is supposed to be the toughest time of your life, is that right? And That's 58 correct. 58 is the best. 35 is, uh, is, is the hardest time of your life, and uh, 58, suppose... 58 is the age when we're most contented, says Daily Mail reporter. Why do they not want to put their names to this rubbish? <laughs> we get happier rather than grumpier with age until we find our greatest contentment at 58. Does that mean at 58 then you, then you start getting grumpier? Probably. Start getting more complaints. That's the age at which we finally manage to get the work-life balance right. Well, that's because most people have, uh, have got the sack by then, isn't it? So they're, they're at home watching Jeremy Carl hanging out with the kids and the grandkids. Maybe the great-grandkids, if they're watching Jeremy Carl. You never know. 
Um, it's also f- uh, the analysis of a study found that 58 was also the age when they were more likely to have a proper lunch break <clears throat> and stick to their contracted. A- Do you remember? Do you remember uh, back in the day? When um, you would get uh, a tea break, two tea breaks, mm. and an hour for lunch. Yeah. That the kids don't even. I remember when I used to work at B Jams. Yeah. <laughs> this is how old I am. B Jams, if it was Iceland, and on the Saturday you were entitled to two fifteen-minute yeah. tea breaks. You'd be looking at the stairs, waiting for yep. your mate to come down and relieve you, so you could go on your break. And then you'd have an hour for lunch. And if they, the boss would come and say, "Can you come a bit early? I've got another three minutes on lunch." All right, we'll see you in three minutes. My trick was just not being in the staff room that entire time. Really? Yeah, go out, get a sandwich, have a walk round, wait. Does anybody... Here's a, OK, here's something for the last uh, 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 half hour of the Does anybody have an hour lunch break at work anymore? That, that's such an old... Look at Kelly's face, look. Such I don't an, think I've ever had an hour at any job I've ever done. It's such an old-fashioned concept. I'll tell you something that's old-fashioned mm-hmm. that I used to take for granted. We talked about this when we went to Manchester. Is that we used to go to the pub for lunch? Yeah, yeah. Used to sit in the pub, and this was in the days when it would be like full of people smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit in the pub, come back stinking, probably having had a you know maybe a little. I, I remember a having little a white wine, a couple of wines, a couple of beers. I used to a yeah. couple of pints, and then go back to work. Dave, good morning, boss. It's been a long time since you seen Fifty Eight. Were you at your most content then? Um, no, not really. Could I had health problems, oh, spinal problems, oh. and that that. Uh, Left me in a limbo, mate, because I couldn't lorry drive. Right. Well, you've left the show in a limbo now with your downer there. Excuse me. You know, no start. But but the thing is... Yes. um, You know, I'm 71. I know you're asking for 58. I thought... Would 71 be all right to answer your question? No, it wouldn't, but thanks very much for calling. 08459 455 555. I was going to ask him whether he was happy, but he won't be now. No, he won't. he's never happy. He's never uh, happy uh, at all. What's going on with all the 58-year-olds? They're all having too much of a good time. They're probably... Um... Yeah, 08459 555 when you're finished. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road's looking very slow moving at the moment on the speed sensors approaching the Black Cats roundabout. A lane's closed on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 13 for Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flittick. They're still due to a broken down lorry so on camera it's looking very heavy at the moment. The A41's looking rather slow between the Hemel turn-off and Junction 20 for the M25. Also the M25's queuing on the sensors heading anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Also, there's a lane closed on the M40 itself between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 3 for Loudwater following an accident. And on the trains, there is disruption on Great Northern between Stevenage and Moorgate. Also between Hartford North and Moorgate. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. People are being cruel on Facebook about Jean and her Elvis Presley record. Ian's tweeted a picture. He says, can you put me in touch with Jean? I have Elvis Presley's old toothbrush I'm willing to sell. And it's uh, an Aquafresh toothbrush with the initials EP written on Enviro. Some people are so cruel. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A 
It's 8.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And the British company GlaxoSmithKline says a vaccine against Ebola that it has been working on now won't be ready in time to help fight the current outbreak. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. New Watford manager Slavisa Jokanovic takes charge for the first time at Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow. The Serbian is the Hornets' fourth head coach this season. If somebody thinks uh, I arrived here for make uh, small Barcelona, it's, it's, it's wrong. Uh, I understand exactly where I am. I am in England. My team and me, we're going to compete in the in the championship and I respect this uh, competition. And Watford captain Troy Deeney could return after injury tomorrow. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says he could rest midfielder Deli Alley for the League One trip to Leighton Orient after midweek international duty. In League Two, leaders Wickham host AFC Wimbledon. Inform Luton make the long trip to Hartlepool. Former Republic of Ireland striker Tony Cascarino watched John Still's training session yesterday. It's good when you know someone of Tom's quality comes and watches anyway. And talk, you know we're just talking about one or two of the younger pl- players playing and. Listen, you know, I'm not too clever or too knowledgeable not to listen to people of of great experience and great knowledge. You know, all of us managers, we don't know it all. And Stevenage have signed two midfielders on loan ahead of the home game with Accrington. Arsenal youngster Jack Jebb and Shrewsbury's David McAllister have joined for a month. And Wickham's Adams Park hosted the FA Women's Super League Continental Cup final last night with Manchester City's ladies beating Arsenal 1-0. In rugby, Bedford hosts the Welsh side Cross Keys tomorrow in their first home match of the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning return to the newly built Planet Ice Rink tomorrow evening after over a year of playing their matches in Coventry, the Lightning host Sheffield. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Files there, Betts is there, everybody's there. You can do what you're going to do, Kelly. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm talking to you now, but you don't have to respond. You can. uh... Oh, you're doing a double header. Look, she's got two sets of headphones on. We've had an anonymous text about. About the story we did about the uh, gastric bypass oh, and yeah, yeah. the excess skin that was left behind. Yes, there's a fellow that had uh, an operation on the NHS, a gastric bypass. He lost two-thirds of his body. He went from 30 stone to 10 stone. Uh, but now he's got loads of excess uh, um, flesh. But it wasn't on his stomach, was it? Remind us where no, the excess was flesh was. below the waist. So where, what, where, just remind us specifically where it was. Hips and below. It was, it was the buttocks, the scrotum, the legs. It was, all, it was all down there. Yeah, and he's worried that if he ever does manage to get a girlfriend, that yep. that's going to put them off. He's got all these kind of fears about what it will prevent him from doing in his he's not, life. He's not very happy. No, not at all. And he's been trying for seven years to get the NHS to pay for, yep. for what he sees as aftercare. Um, other people disagree, yep. including this person. And this is why they've not put their name on it, I suggest. The man who ate all the food to get morbidly obese. Yeah. He had an operation on the NHS, so he should have been saving all the extra money from buying all that food. All right. He should not get the op for free. The only time that op should be free is when someone has lost all the weight by diet and exercise and hard work. Then they deserve it. Gosh. Okay. well, that's a point of view, isn't it? It's um, a slightly cold point of view, but it's certainly a point of view. I can... I... (sighs) 
I can kind of under- understand why people would feel that. When, when you hear stories of, of people not getting the treatment that they deserve or cancer drugs or things like that, and you see, you see something like someone having a, a, a gastric operation... I mean, the other side of it is, if the NHS is going to pay for the first operation, surely the second operation, because you do lose a lot of weight very, very quickly and you are going to be left with unsightly excess skin. That's just the way it goes, because your body's just not programmed to lose that amount of weight so quickly. Surely, you know, that, that's just part of the clear-up afterwards. Uh, thank you, Kath. I'm going to leave your mic open because I wouldn't mind a bit of help with this one. Go on, then. This, if that's all right. Uh, a Bedfordshire dad is so worried about Ebola, he's threatened to keep his children away from school if they're not allowed to wear face masks. John O'Brien from Turvey says he's not prepared to take any chances with his children's health despite there having been um, only one uh, instance of Ebola in this country, and that wasn't that was someone that was brought back into the country. That wasn't a spontaneous case that started here. Well, uh, John O'Brien joins me on the line now. Morning, John. Good morning, Ian. So tell, tell me what it is you're concerned about and what, is, what it is you want your children to do. Well, well basically, I um, approached the school and said, look, as a concerned parent, can my child wear a mask at school? Um, they said it wouldn't be appropriate um, but really, you know, this isn't about my Brian. This is about making people think, um, because the school is saying, well, there was no reported cases. And I'm saying, well, hold on, you're working on information that's changing daily. So this time next week, when there is a reported case, can my child wear a mask then? Um, but unfortunately, if that was the case and children were to wear masks then, well, they could have potentially already caught something. So prevention is better than a cure. How old you, uh, It's your daughter, isn't it? How old's your daughter? 13. 13, okay. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm a parent, so of course we want to protect our kids and do the best uh, for our, our kids. But um, it, it's quite hard to catch, isn't it, Ebola? Well, you know what? They're, they're, they're hoofing on about, well, it's not airborne. Well, you, would you want to be standing next to someone with Ebola within 10 feet if they're coughing and spluttering all over the place? So they're saying it's not airborne. In fact, we refer to people as they. I would like to know who they are. Because they are not going to come and help me. They are going to go and form a government on the Isle of Wight, exterminate everyone on there, and it will just be the rich people and the politicians to get saved. So we're all fish, and we're all getting shot in the barrel that we're swimming around in. Do you? Well, how does your daughter feel about it? Well, I try. Um, my daughter's got her own opinion, um, so she well, she is more genned up on it than a lot of other 13-year-olds. I mean, it, it was only yesterday, Ian. Um, there's a shop in Luton just being cordoned off, people wandering around in white suits, and a helicopter lands in the field opposite my unit with doctor written on it. Yeah. I, I, I walk out of my unit and say, hey, what's going on here? And someone's laughing, going, oh, it's probably Ebola. Oh, Ebola, it's probably Ebola. And until the general public wise up and start thinking about this and stop sending silly text message jokes around... Um, and take this seriously, um, nothing's going to change. So, but, but it was my right as a parent, a concerned parent, to send my daughter to school with a mask. They've said no. The reason they've said no is because if my daughter goes to school with a mask tomorrow, ten more children will go to school with a mask the next day. That's what they're trying to save. Uh, do, you, do you wear a mask when you go to work? Um, I wore a mask, walked into the petrol station yesterday... The surf behind the counter said, huh, hope you haven't got Ebola. And, and, and you know, and I, I'm just sickened by the attitude. This is something that doesn't affect black people or white people. It affects humans. And until this country, this little island, starts understanding that it's not impenetrable, um, it's coming. Right, what are we doing about it? I, but unfortunately, Ian, 
I'm not prepared to listen to lies. So, buddy, have a look at me and Bowler webpage, um, a Bowler webpage on Facebook. I've only got 300 followers, but people need to start looking, paying attention, buddy. I, I, I will have a little look. What, what, what's the what's the link to get what's what, what's the link to get there? How do I find it? Well, it's it? difficult. I mean, you, you put in the word in uh, Ebola. Yeah. Um, and but I I don't know how to work Facebook, right. so you have okay. to track it down. So to d- 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 just go back to the question: d- Do you wear a, a mask at work and on your way to work? No, don't do that. No. Well, why why just... is that? Why is that? If you're so worried about it and you, you don't believe um, the lies that the government are telling us, what? Why do you not wear one at work to protect yourself and ultimately protect your daughter? Because if you get it, there's a strong chance she might get it. Well, I tell you what, you're a kindred spirit. You just accuse the government of lying. So thank you very much for being on my side. Can we, can we put that down as a quote? Um, I don't wear a mask in the car because I'm the only person in the car. Uh, work. Um, yeah, at work, I work in an office. Um, you know, yes, it is quite controversial. You could say, well, hold on, John, you're a bit of a hypocrite, mate. Um, I just do what I can do. And so I make sure that if I'm in um, an area where there's a lot of people... Yeah. Unfortunately, I wear a mask in, and people laugh. They think it's very, very funny. But um, you know, they'll be laughing on the other side of that. I'm just, I'm just curious as to why you're you're, you're being uh, so insistent about your your daughter wearing a mask at school, where it is very mm. unlikely that she's going to get it. But yet, you're not prepared to make that stand yourself in the workplace. Well, I, I can answer that one, Ian. Um, oh. My life was over, buddy, when I had children. Right? They are the only thing I care about. It matters not how much money anyone has, because soon it'll just be food, warmth, shelter and water that people are concerned about. It won't matter how expensive your watch is or how big your car is. So basically, I don't really care about myself, Ian, from a parent's point of view. My life is dedicated to my children. Um, Yes, you could then say, well, what if you get it and then pass it on to your children? Well, yeah, what if you you get it and pass it on to your children? Well, you, you just copied exactly what I said. I thought you were interviewing me. Well, but, but but it's a good question though. What if you get it and pass it on to your children? If you're not taking the precautions, then you you're surely putting your daughter's life at risk. What I'm doing, buddy, is trying to minimise the risk. Um, what I won't do is go around with my chin in the air, going, "Oh, they'll help us. The government will fix it." Well, they won't fix it. They're doing everything too late. I, I work from a unit that's right next to Luton Airport. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, where's the screening going on there? And let's face it, what's the screening? Oh. How do you feel today? Oh, may we take your... Te- may, we, may we test you? How do you feel? Well, you know what? If I had Ebola, I'd be heading straight for Ebo- the UK. It's Ebola. Of- Ebola. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That's my dyslexia. OK. Um, well. um, if, if, I, if I had that, I'd be heading straight to the UK for a bit of free treatment. So, um, you know, until the government take it seriously in... I'm doing this for everybody, buddy. That's why we're on the radio now. People have to start thinking about this. It's not a problem that's going to go away. They are not going to help us. We are on our own. John, uh, an emergency state. Final, final, well... it's not an emergency state here, is it? Because there has only been be. there has only been one instance, and that was someone that was flown in. Uh, are you not worried that you're um, you're scaring your daughter and her friends unnecessarily? Um, no, um, unfortunately not in because I think the truth is the best thing for any individual to to have. Um, I would. I am more concerned. The reason I, I've done this is that I am more concerned with lies. I want the where, truth. Where do you get your truth from? I'll get it from everywhere else. Google. 
I think Google's the the, uh, the, the latest oracle if, if, of uh, truth nowadays. If, if, if you go- if you Googled me for a while, um, I was described <laughs> as a gay cowboy. And well, uh, are you gay? I'm I'm neither gay nor a cowboy. I was also uh, if you Googled me, there was a picture of a black man would come up. I'm neither black. <laughs> so so Google is 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 very flawed, isn't it? Understood, brother. But um, the problem is. That's where everybody goes, and that's if the government want to put some propaganda out. That's exactly where they'll be putting it on Google. Yes, the internet's flawed, but you know if you sift through enough and put the pieces together, the, Ian, just ask your listeners to think about this. Yep. Stop the jokes on Ebola. But it's not funny. It's not Ebola. a black thing. Yeah, I, we've covered that one. Yeah. Well, I just okay. think if it's such an important thing, we should probably get the name right. Well, obviously, I'm not taking it that seriously, and obviously, that's why you decided to ring me today and interview me. I don't know what that means. Well, if you can take the mickey out of me for not being able to say the word correctly, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually John, at work right now trying John, to earn a living. John, uh, listen, mate. Honestly, I'm not taking the mickey. I just think if it's something that's, that, that, that is so important, I just think we should we should you know pay the disease the respect of at least getting the name right. Well, that disease doesn't have any respect for me. Yes, and I was spelling it with an M for ages, but it was Embola. But um, obviously that's the word that's uh, stuck in my mind. But the, okay. the point is, think. Think about it. John, and I appreciate your time this morning. I hope you're safe. And you, brother. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much indeed. It's John O'Brien. That's his thoughts. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call on that, on what you've heard. I, uh, I would suggest unnecessary panicking. But um, let's hear your... Thoughts. We'll put that in the pod, please, Kels, if there's time to squeeze that in. Uh, we'll put that in the podcast if there's time for that. Thank you. Gareth's in High Wycombe. Morning, Gareth. Morning. What would you like to say about um, John O'Brien? Well, when it comes to Ebola, I've been looking at it as well. Everyone has. It's something that you'd sift through and look at. When you look at the facts, it's been around since 1975. And in that time, it's killed 5,000 people and infected double that. The only reason it's killed that many people is due to poor sanitation and, like, poor living conditions from where they come from. When you look at the facts and statistics of it coming over here, one in nine people have a chance of maybe dying. That's a small chance that probably won't happen. Well, you, you, no, hang on, Gareth. With the grace of respect, you've got that information from the government who are lying to you, and um, oh, if yeah. it does kick off, they're going to go to the Isle of Wight, kill everyone, and live there. So, oh, yeah, so you've been li- you, no, but you've been lied to, Gareth. I know. But then, everyone lies to everyone. So, how can we know that he wasn't part of the government lying to us? Oh, about- flipping heck! Now this is suddenly like um, that film where they go inside each other's dreams. What's that film? Is it Inception? Where they just all end up? It's like a dream within a dream within a dream. Oh, it's got confusing. I've got to let you go, Gareth. Cause my mind's about to bleed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. So, who do we believe now? We can't believe Google. The I, government. I, I never believe Google. The go- well, I know. Listen, w- listen. Wikipedia's uh, let me down on a number of occasions. John O'Brien, it, it, he believes it, and he's sticking to it. I, you've got to respect him for having. Um, you've got to respect him for having beliefs and seeing them through, even if it makes. Hey, listen. If in three months' time, when there's an epidemic of uh, Ebola here, there won't be. But if in three months' time there is, and him and his daughter are safe, well, his daughter will be. He doesn't care about himself. I'd love to get your thoughts on that, please. That was, and well, can I just say, well done to Justin Dealey. We didn't have that gentleman's address, we didn't have his telephone number, and it was Justin Dealey, J-Dog, who managed to track John Dow. That's why Justin's been a bit quiet this morning, because he's been um, doing a bit of private investigation. If you've, got, if you've got anyone missing and you're trying to find someone, get Justin on the case. He knows exactly what to do. 
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the Great North Road, looking very slow moving, approaching the Black Cats roundabouts. Just getting in, all lanes have been reopened on the M1, heading southbound. Um, this was following an accident there between Junction 13 Salford Road and Junction 12 for Flittick, so it is easing off a bit there now. The A414 in Park Street looking rather slow around the Park Street roundabouts. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, looking rather heavy between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. On the trains, disruption Great Northern between Stevenage and Moorgate, also between Hartford North and Moorgate due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. You'll be hearing the news in a second when I just click this. It's 8.46, it's Friday, the 17th of October. I'm Ian Lee, and oh, these are your headlines. Plans are underway to build thousands of homes in North Hertfordshire, which would also accommodate the needs of Luton. Three sites east of Luton have been identified. Detectives are trying to establish if there are any links between yesterday morning's million-pound theft at Milton Keynes Shopping Centre and a similar raid in Watford in August. And a Bedfordshire father says he wants his daughter to wear a mask at school to stop her catching Ebola. John O'Brien from Turvey sends his 13-year-old to Sharnbrook Upper School. Your calls on that and whether being 58 is the most content age. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, many of us having a bright start to the day and sunny spells to come too. It should be largely dry, although a couple of showers may sneak in there, but I think most of us won't see those. And more cloud builds later on in the day. We've got quite a noticeable south to southwesterly breeze today. That might just take the edge off what would otherwise be incredibly impressive temperatures for this time of year, with highs in the high teens, possibly even the odd 20 degrees Celsius here and there. Now, tonight we've got a fairly cloudy and muggy night with some patchy rain lows between 15 and 17 degrees Celsius. That is much warmer than we'd expect for the daytime highs at this time of year. And tomorrow, a warm start, of course. Uh, quite a cloudy day, though. Some afternoon patchy rain. It's going to be quite blustery, too. So although we could get a 20 tomorrow, it may not quite feel that way because of the wind and particularly if you are caught in the drizzle. Sunday, we've uh, probably got a bit of rain lingering, but uh, once that clears, we've got a, a day of sunshine and showers, quite breezy still. Uh, Monday, temperatures start to drop. A similar day though generally just fewer showers around. It's not till Monday night though that we start to see the remnants of this ex-hurricane Gonzalo but really it's just wet and windy weather which we would expect for October anyway. That's your latest forecast. Every Saturday morning from six, David Priva couple of things we're asking you for this morning. Why should we care about this? What's the problem? Eurythmics and there must be an angel playing with my heart. They've been seen as a bit of a sideline in British politics, haven't they, UKIP? David Priva. Time for our free in 30. Some uh, newspaper front pages for you this morning. You've gone for the front of the Express. What are they worrying about Mm. today? Clearly it is about money though, isn't it? You've just spent the last few minutes saying the the club's about to go out of business. David Priva. Every Saturday morning from six. Now we're ready to go. Now I'm awake. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Trying to, we just spoke to John O'Brien, who um, is being very cautious about Ebola. Uh, I'm trying to find his Facebook page. He says he's about 300 or so. Uh, yeah, I had some trouble. I, if anyone can find it, John O'Brien, um, it's John with a J O N, um, and his uh, e- Ebola, Embola uh, Facebook page, then do let us know because I would love to have a little look at it to read some more. 
Really? He's, Pete, Pete and Dunstable's wondering who gets the space on the Isle of Wight after that. I mean, we're getting quite quite a lot of facetious texts. Yeah, and it would have been easy to have, it would have been easy to have had a pop at John, and, I, and I, I, I felt he was a little bit on the back foot at some stages. There was no, no need for him to feel that. I, I, I hope that I gave him a, a fair crack of the whip, even though I'm sure some people. Well, I, I've had a few emails saying um, you know quite rude things about his uh, his attitude, really. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. If I'm completely honest, I can't find his page, unfortunately. So if anyone does find it, let me keep looking. Do uh, do send it in. Um, yeah, okay. Fifty-eight-year-olds must be so content. They're so content they don't need to. They they're too they're too blissed out to reach for the phone. They haven't got the uh, the, the time to call in and let us know. Dad? Just sorry. My dad's fifty-eight. I think my dad's fifty-eight. Oh, this might be him. 08459455555. Okay. You're thing. not Kelly's dad. Here's no. a thing. I used to have a thing when I was about... Oh, not another thing. Yeah, no, we're talking about weird crushes. Angela Rippon. Right. But I was seven. Okay. And I remember my sister caught me kissing a picture of Angela Rippon in the uh, Radio Times, and she threatened to tell my mum. That's partly why I've got so much shame around sex. And um, uh, so I had a thing. But anyway, Angela Rippon, she's seven. No one ever caught me in Morton Harkett. <laughs> She's 70 years old, and there's a picture of her. This is inappropriate for a 70 year old. This is inappropriate for anyone unless you're the Catwoman. In an entire leather outfit. Now, this is interesting, right? Because I recently purchased a Uh-oh. pleather skirt. It's not a tarty one, it's sort of A line, just above the knee. I think it looks pretty cool. I was going to wear it with a nice sweater. I don't dare wear it for work probably the best idea yeah because i think it's got a bit of a connotation yeah of course it has head to toe leather i think is only for people who also have a head to toe bicycle she's got a roll neck black jumper a leather a leather jacket leather trousers a knee length leather high heel boots Mm. and it looks a little in you should wear that skirt one day next week just for sweet it looks i'll be the judge of that be the judge of that i'll do it as an experiment yeah good experiment so what so, uh, but I think for a 70-year-old woman, I mean, you know, wear what you want, Two but words. she looks... Two words. Yeah. Try hard. But she wouldn't, she doesn't care, does she? The BBC's first female news anchor announced last year, I decided when I was 50 that I was going to grow old disgracefully. I'm keeping to it. Fair enough. I was at a lunch and we talked about the fashion police dictating that women of a certain age shouldn't wear black leather trousers or knee-high suede boots. Well, knickers to that. I've got black leather trousers and I wear suede boots up to my knees and beyond. I shall wear what I feel good in and, frankly, that's nobody else's business. True, true, true. But the impression it gives... Tarty. Mm, try hard. It's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, isn't it? Well, that's kind of... <laughs> Helen's in Luton. Morning, Helen. Morning. What you got for us? I think that man was a bit paranoid. John, John O'Brien? Yeah. Tell me why. Well, we haven't had any cases here in this country. And they don't know whether it's airborne or how, you know. And to send his daughter to school with a mask on, I think, is a little bit over the top. A I bit think overprotective. The thing that's, that's so uncomfortable with me, Catherine, I wonder if you'll agree, is the fact that he he wants her to wear the mask at school, but he won't wear the mask at work. Yeah, because he kind well, of yeah, has I... the attitude of, if I get it, I get it. Well, hang on a minute. If you get it... Your kids will get it, won't they? Well, there is that, but I, I just think he was being overprotective, a bit paranoid, and um, 
Yeah, and if I was his 13-year-old daughter, I certainly wouldn't want to go to school in a mask and be laughed at by all my friends. And that's another thing that Kath mentioned off-air, that uh, uh, she's going to be the one suffering the brunt of... Hey, you know, I remember being 13, I was horrible. Someone turns up in a mask, flipping it. It was bad enough when my mum cut my fringe. I remember turning up one day at school, I was nine, and I was wearing a brand new coat, I loved it, really proud of this coat, and then a girl walked in wearing exactly the same coat. Do you know what my mum did to me? Go on. She got me, well, it's really nice, um, what would you describe it as? A Mac? As soon as one kid saw it and said, go, go, gadget, my life was over. <laughs> did you have a briefcase at school? No. Satchel? Uh, yeah. No, backpacks. Uh, Helen, backpacks. are you worried about uh, e- Ebola? Um, a little bit, but not over the top. Yeah. Um, at the moment, as you say, there's no confirmed cases in this country. The only one was somebody who'd been brought in for treatment. Um, no. My daughter is paranoid about it. How old's your daughter? She's 20, 21. Oh, blimey. She's paranoid about oh, it. Oh, blimey. But, you know, she won't go around wearing a mask. You know, oh. she's just, um... Well, she makes a bit of a joke about it. If anybody's there, sure, you've got Ebola, you've got Ebola. But she's not, she, you know, she wouldn't go around wearing a mask or anything stupid like that. Helen, thank you very much indeed. I've just thought as well, and I know, I know why, and I know that John was furious that people were joking about it. People joke about it as a defence mechanism. Or because they think he's nuts. No, but what I mean is when they took, make jokes about Ebola oh. it's, itself. People do that because well, it's the fella, frightening. There was the fellow last week on the aeroplane who sneezed and went, oh, sorry, I think I've got Ebola. And then the plane was grounded and loads of people in hazmat suits came in. And he was taken off for a probing, wasn't he? OK. God, for goodness sakes. I've come into work and said, oh, I think I've got a bit of Ebola today. Now, is that completely inappropriate? No, not at work, because we know you're a plum. But um, if you did it in an airport... Oh, I think I've got a bit of Ebola today. And that's what... uh, And And it's a terrible thing. We shouldn't be joking about it. But that's how you disarm the fear, isn't it? I think so. Don't know. Don't know. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us uh, a call on that, Kels? My mum once sent me to school in polka dot flares. Oh. <laughs> Why would she do that? Exactly. She thought you looked groovy. I got sent in some outfits. Here it is. Here it is. Th- this is the one that makes it. Say- Nick Clegg's wife has left the Lib Dem boss squirming after suggesting she has faked orgasms. No, she didn't. She does in this no, quote. She, she did to the papers. Miriam Gonzalez Dorantes, uh, 46. Cinquecento said wives and girlfriends. Cuarenta y seis. Cinquecento said wives and girlfriends have been pretending for years. In a talk on projecting confidence, the international lawyer said, "If you don't have it, you fake it. Women have been faking lots of things during history. How do you say no?" What? The Spanish-born activist. I don't know why he's doing it in. That's a Spanish voice, dude. Oh, really? Oh, right. The the Spain-born activist. Spain-born or Spanish-born? You wouldn't say England-born. Just call her Spanish. The airborne activist. The born-again activist. The born of woman in Spain. The born supremacy activist. Look at his hair today. Embarrassed her husband in April. Yeah, it's cute. By telling him in front of an audience that men who Mm. care for their kids have more... Do you think we're listening? 
testicles in Spanish. Cojones. Oh, I heard that. Miriam said she feared her mum's reaction. He's so, funny though, isn't he? As in mm. Spanish, the word is super vulgar. It. Yeah, watch this. She said, fake listening. She okay. looked at me in the way only yeah. a mother can. Yeah. Nodding, she yeah. looked at me in the way yeah. only a mother oh, yeah. can. I'm just going to type something out. Why is he look. doing the cartoon voice again? He looked at me in the way only Pretend a mother can. <laughs> she was one, promoting right? her inspiring oh, women yeah. drive aimed at broadening girls' careers. I'm working on the team you see, so she says that she did fake it. Really? So that has put Cleggington in an awkward... Awkward. That is a great story. Well really interesting. read. Yeah, great accent, and great voices. That was a fair summary of what a very intelligent woman actually said. You really brought it to life. Yeah. With your shirt. Your silly face, he's not listening anymore. <sighs> Sorry. He can at least do his hair, though. I did mine. I quite like it like that. Sometimes he puts too much in. Mm. And then he looks a bit... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. A bit Angela Rippon. <laughs> anyway. Travel soon, isn't it? Yeah. Can't wait for that. Friday. Roll on. Friday travel. Yeah. Just flicking through the papers. Look at Kelly. She's wearing red today. She looks great. Mm, I don't know. What's he making? Is that Blamange? It is, yeah. Oh, I fancy a bit of that. Mm. Mate, is there anything good in the papers? Or are you just... Not a lot. I'm just um, flicking away. What about the papers? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, London-bound, very heavy moving between Junction 9 and Redbourne and Junction 7 for Helm Hempstead. Taking a look in Park Street, looking rather slow on the A414 at the moment, just at the Park Street roundabouts. The M25 on the sensors looking very slow, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. Take a look at the cameras in Boreham Wood and the Barnet Bypass is queuing at the moment, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Middle Hill. Circus. On the trains, there is disruption on Great Northern between Stevenage and Moorgate, also between Hartford North and Moorgate. This is all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. A new podcast will be unleashed oh, in a couple of hours' time. Some good stuff in it this week. I think we'll put John O'Brien in there as well so you can uh, have another listen to that. Maybe email me your thoughts over the weekend. Right. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, Thank you, Kelly. Excellent work today, Justin. We didn't hear much of you, but what you got was gold. Till Monday at six from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should Ched Evans be allowed to play football again? Now he's served his prison.